everyone remain calm. Back for more, huh? Well, yeah. Ooh, ah, that's how it always starts. But then later there's running and, and screaming. Somebody talk to me! What is happening? Welcome to Jurassic World. And now, ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to the Jurassic Park Podcast. How long is it going to take for that to spread around the globe? This was all John Hammond's dream. Hold on to your butt. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the 215th episode of the Jurassic Park Podcast. I'm your host, Brad Jost, and we're here to discuss all things Jurassic Park. Welcome, everybody, to 2020. This is our first episode of the Jurassic Park Podcast for the new year. I am so excited. This is awesome. We are uh, getting so close to 2021. We're just one one and a half years away from the film debuting, but we are getting so close, guys. It really feels like it, and I know this year is just going to be nuts, as we talked about. I think we talked about this probably in the last episode, and certainly during the mailbag, so get prepared for that. But um, yeah, it's going to be a really fun year, and um, hopefully you guys can start that off by going to iTunes or Apple Podcasts, whatever you call it these days, and leave us a five-star review, guys. Go ahead, write a nice little review if you want to. You can write some words. I'll read them on the show if I get the chance and leave those five-star reviews. That would really help our show get seen by people who are interested in finding out what we're all about. So make sure to go do that. That would really uh, benefit our show. Um, Outside of that, uh, 2020, it's going to be big for the podcast. It's going to be big for the fan community, for the movie franchise itself. It's going to be so much fun, guys. Camp Cretaceous coming sometime, hopefully in the near future. I don't know. The production's ramping up very soon, and uh, this is going to be out of control. We're, we're not going to be able to stop all that much here on the podcast. Maybe we'll stop frequently, let, give ourselves a little bit of time before things start getting out of hand, but shortly, everything is going to be wild. We've got so much to cover, and I can't wait to do it along with all of you. So, in this episode, we are back with your letters, your calls, all that stuff for the Jurassic Mailbag for January. Jennifer Evans once again joins me to sift through that mailbag and get to the bottom of all your thoughts and concerns. So, just in case you want to be a part of the next mailbag, of course, as always, you can email us, JurassicParkPod at gmail.com, with any kind of questions or MP3s. You can call our voicemail line at 732 732- 825-7763 or you could head to our contact page at JurassicParkPodcast.com to fill out our contact form. Now, even though you haven't heard this month's episode just yet, we are already collecting questions for the next mailbag. So before we get everything started, let's take care of some business. Uh, for everything over on YouTube, last week we actually did a, um, a fossil lesson from Universal's Islands of Adventure, where a couple of guys that work there had a bunch of fossils on display, and they showed them off, talked about them. That was really cool. We also did a Return to Jurassic Park Jurassic Tour spotlight, so you get to see the Jurassic Tour as it once was in Jurassic World Evolution, so that was really cool. Thank you, Tom, for that one. And then also I did a Let's Talk Jurassic on Wednesday night, live for you guys uh, on a live stream over on YouTube for the things that you can expect for 2020. And uh, yeah, it's kind of like a repeat of an article that I did over on our website. So go check out that article where I wrote up all the things that uh, I'm most excited for 
for this uh, new year. And then uh, on YouTube, I actually went through the entire list. I, I think I even expanded upon it a little bit and uh, took some some questions and thoughts from the audience that was watching along with us. And uh, there's some great insight, I think, from the fan community there as well. So, guys, always join me on Wednesday nights live over on YouTube. Make sure to keep your eyes peeled for that. I usually uh, give you a social media update when I'm almost ready to go and then when we're going live. So keep your eyes peeled for all of those. Also, I just wanted to give a little shout out to my personal YouTube channel where for a long time now I've been uh, making videos over there, like kind of family stuff, trips, theme parks, all kinds of stuff. I recently started doing, hopefully I'm going to keep continuing to do this, kind of like my live streams over on the Jurassic Park channel. Um, I'm going to be doing some of those kinds of things over on my channel as well that don't relate to Jurassic. So it's something that I have a passion about, like uh, with all kinds of brands and outlets and, you know, like Star Wars. The first one I did was the Rise of Skywalker review. Um, I'll be doing all kinds of stuff like that with movies or games or whatever it might be and theme parks and uh like i said i have a bunch of theme park videos on there and i just started uploading my ireland trip videos so if you guys want to know anything about my trip to ireland i'm sure i've mentioned it a few times uh on the podcast so go check out those videos as they debut on my channel just search for brad jost but enough of the plugs for myself i want you guys to stay tuned to the very end of this episode there's some really fun stuff um uh so jen you know and myself when we're done recording for the uh for the Jurassic mailbag we usually talk for quite a bit longer after that so even after the two hours that we record and probably the 30 minutes or so that we recorded before the mailbag even starts we record longer even after that and this one was just wild I'm not gonna spoil what what happened in there but there's some funny stuff and uh I think you guys should stick around all the way to the end credits past all that to uh, listen to that whole segment. It's honestly like another like 10 minute long segment at the end. Uh, But yeah, I I think that was pretty fun. And I think you guys are really going to find this episode interesting for all the stuff that we discovered during the Jurassic Mailbag. There's some pretty, pretty big stuff in there I feel like we came across. So stick around, enjoy the episode, and let's get this thing kicked off with the Jurassic Mailbag. Jurassic Mailbag. 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 Jurassic Mailbag never fails. It makes me wag my dino tails. I'm Brad and Jen, your Jurassic Mail. It's Jurassic Mailbag with Brad Jost and Jennifer Tarek. Welcome, everybody, to the first Jurassic Mailbag of 2020. It is now January of a new year, and we are here to celebrate with you guys all the latest uh, Jurassic news and questions and comments out there in the fan community. And, of course, as always here in the Jurassic Mailbag, I have my co-host, Jennifer. How's it going? Hey, whoa, you call me Jennifer. You always call me Jen, Oh, sorry. I don't know what I'm doing. It's It's a new new year, year, new me. Yep. Knew everything. changing it up we're in the future now (laughs) yeah that's your names just get longer and longer as the years (laughs) go on so apparently older and longer and (laughs) or that's what happens oh gosh yeah it's 2020 that's crazy I know I do this every time but we are uh we're gonna talk about some stuff today we got some uh some emails, some voicemails, uh, some website contact form submissions, some MP3s, 
uh, we got the whole whole range of stuff here today. Um, some one of them's real long, so I'm gonna have to read for quite a while. Um, but I appreciate everybody um, sending in your your thoughts and concerns for this month. And uh, why don't we why don't we dive right in here to the first one? So this is an email from Layton, and it says, "Dear Brad and Jen, in October I went to a concert, which was a musical duel between David Arnold." And Michael Giacchino. That sounds pretty cool. Um, Colin Trevorrow made an appearance and began on Michael's side, but ended up on David Arnold's. Who would you prefer to compose the score for Jurassic World 3? Also, what would your opinion be on if the franchise just went all out ballistic and had Wu create something akin to Godzilla? Sincerely, Layton. Wow. That last so, bit was not even related. <laughs> nope, I, I but I love it. I'm I'm down for it. Uh, let's go back to that music thing because I don't know what this is. This sounds really interesting—a musical duel between With Colin, David Arnold. It shows up. Yeah, and Colin just like, hey guys, uh, I'm the deciding factor. I guess I'm gonna stand in the middle for a few and then switch or pick sides. Let me. I don't even, honestly. I gotta uh, see who David Arnold even is. So I know Michael yeah, Cicchino, obviously. Yeah. David Arnold. Uh, is an English composer best known for scoring five James Bond films as well as Stargate, Independence Day, Godzilla in 1998, uh, and the television series Little Britain and Sherlock. Okay, so that's uh, that's pretty good. Uh, oh, yeah, so um, Casino Royale, uh, Tomorrow Never Dies. Um, yeah, this is some good stuff. Well, first so, off, that's a super cool experience to see him yeah. and just all that stuff. And then Giacchino, who we know does Jurassic, and then Colin just shows up. Oh, God, I want to go to that concert. That's awesome. I honestly um, never even heard of, like, this kind of thing outside of, like, dueling pianos. <laughs> so yeah, I don't even know, like, what this would be. Uh, let's see here if I can find, like, a video because I want to see what this is all about. Um I can't find anything. Let's see. This is here's a video here. What's this? David Arnold versus Michael Giacchino. Well, can you hear that? Wasn't that sweet? That was sweet. Really, oh, so really sweet. Dave, uh, Michael Giacchino has like a ukulele, and he's walking out in like a sailor's hat. This is interesting. What's going on here? And I guess this is is this David Arnold? Let me. Yeah, I think so. And what are they gonna do? So I'm skipping ahead here. Completely unrelated. They're just talking. This is a duel of words. Okay. They're just singing pirate tunes. Not really sure what kind of duel this is. They're just playing ukulele and guitar. (laughs) <laughs> I'm not sure if that's the, <coughs> if that's the show I would go to, but um, I, I don't know. It sounds cool either way. It sounds cool either way. Oh, here, oh, here we go. Actually, sorry, this is like I'm all over the place here tonight. It's new here. I, I'm I'm thrilled. Here comes Colin Trevorrow, guys. I see him. Yeah. He's walking on stage. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Michael Giacchino is one of the world's greatest living composers. Uh, fair, he is very someone fair. Who is, uh, I'm glad you agree. He is someone who is not just uh, talented, but, but a truly good person. 
uh, on the inside. He's the kind of person who thinks about not just the way he feels, but the way you're going to feel. And uh, I like that. When Steven Spielberg asked me who should compose the score for Jurassic World, uh, only one person came to mind, uh, and that is. Wow, this is just so fitting for for our show here today. <laughs> yeah, Michael is because he can see every note and he can feel every note. And what? I didn't say anything. Hey. Keep going. What's Hi, up? Colin. Hey, man. Oh, here comes Michael. Hi, how are you? Let's go. I didn't know you were here. I'm so sorry. Um, Will you? Yeah, we're not we're not playing Jurassic World tonight. Aww. <laughs> I texted you, but I don't know if you hey, you like you invited me. <laughs> yeah, but in the seats. It was in the okay. seats. <laughs> I'm, I'm really sorry. I'm so I'm I'm so sorry about this. It's a little awkward, but we're good, right? We're good. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's fine. It's cool. See you in the next. Yeah, we're good. Yeah, yeah. See ya. Oh yeah, yeah. Wait, is that our confirmation right there? Wait. Is that really? Is that our confirmation? Because we've never heard anything about this. These two or uh, Jakino. Break this and leak this right now. In this Whoa! Very I mean, very moment. I mean, this this happened back in October, so <laughs> I don't know if we broke it, but it happened, and he well, just no one knows, and we just posted it here. So I mean, I've been saying as I've been saying like we have no official confirmation, and and any of the press releases and stuff like that never really uh, settled the score. That's a, that's the title of this song, I guess that he's going to play. Uh, but we don't know, and I guess we do now. Let me go back here for a second. Hold on. It's fine. It's cool. See you on the next one. Yeah, we're good. Yeah, yeah. See ya. Yeah, there we go. See you on the next one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we're, do- we're doing it. Okay. Cool. Well, I'll one. just let you wrap yeah. it up here. That's awesome. There you go. That is totally unexpected. So thank you, Layton, yeah. for bringing this to our attention. You should have led with that. Like, they said, <laughs> see you on the next one. And there's David Arnold. David Arnold is one of the world's greatest movie. <laughs> <laughs> then he tells him, see you on the next one. Uh, <laughs> oh, we just got confirmation. David Arnold. <laughs> David could have written the piece that I'm introducing. Uh, it would have been easier for him. Um, what we are here to play now uh, is really a truly beautiful piece of music that I genuinely love. Uh, it was not written by David Arnold, but if it had been, we might all be better off. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, uh, married life from up. Oh, that is, that song kills me. I'm glad the uh, video ends there. My gosh. Yeah, I can't do that one. Oh, uh, that is, that's a rough one. Um, but yeah, that's awesome. That that was funny. First off, that was pretty funny. So the video is, uh, it's on YouTube. It just says David Arnold versus Michael Giacchino, Colin Trevorrow, stand-up. So he's a comedian now, apparently. <laughs> Announcing that here, guys. Breaking news. Um, and that's that's hilarious. I just didn't expect that whole, like, like little... Me. <laughs> okay. One more time. I'm so, I'm, I'm so sorry about this. This is a little awkward, but we're good, right? We're good? Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's fine. It's cool. See you on the next one. Yeah, we're good. Yeah, yeah. See you. Okay, cool. I'll just let you wrap it. Awesome. Oh, man. That's, I'm pumped up. There you oh. go. There it well, is. Well, that sounds fantastic. I don't. I still don't really know what this is all about, the versus thing, but that's that's very cool. 
Um, wow. Uh, so what was the question here? <laughs> um, uh, oh, so who do we think should pref- – wait, wait, Leighton, you asked who prefer to compose the score for Jurassic World 3. Do you mean between Colin – I mean Colin, between David and, and Jacino? Um, I think well, I, Colin I would, just leaked that. I think – yeah, I mean like I think he is is confirming who is doing it. Um, but if <laughs> if I'm the choose between at least those two guys – I mean, I'm definitely choosing Michael Giacchino, but um, that's awesome. I'm 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 very excited by that uh, because, like I said, I've had no clue who was going to be doing this next movie. Um, assumingly, it, it, I always assumed it was going to be Giacchino, but then you know, Battle at Big Rock comes out. Giacchino wasn't attached to that little eight mm-hmm. minute short, but uh, Amy Doherty was, and she did a fantastic job. So I, I was wondering, you know, like is this the introduction of of Amy into the Jurassic universe of, you know, live action films. So apparently not, but maybe she'll have some sort of future elsewhere in the series. Yeah. I mean, like the, the music is like direction for me. I never could tell different directors and I can never tell different composers really. Okay. Yeah. I mean, there, there's some slight differences. Um, I, I'm, I'm pretty keyed on, on the music at least. So I can hear some differences and, and even when the, um, when the first score for Jurassic World came out, I was like, "Ooh, this sounds a little, a little different to me. It sounded a little more processed and not as, as lived in and natural as as some of John Williams stuff." Um, but over time, I've I've really grown to appreciate Giacchino's work, and I, I really love Jurassic World. And I honestly think Fallen Kingdom is the better score out of the two films. But uh, yeah, he does some phenomenal work. So. With the direction that he went between those two films, going from like so lighthearted and fun uh, to kind of dark, even in Jurassic World, but then going like very dark in Fallen Kingdom, monster movie esque score. Um, I'm really interested to see what he does next. So that's that's really cool, man. I'm pumped right now. First question right out of the gate, killing it with the news here, Layton. But um, uh, I liked I liked what he did. I'm 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 glad I'm glad I'm glad it's him. Good. Uh, I, I also want to know, do you think, uh, do you think Dr. Wu should just go ahead and create something like Godzilla? Oh, like Godzilla. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) no, because I don't want any more. I don't like it being a monster movie as the the last one was. And I don't like when Jurassic is a monster movie. I think I've talked many, 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 many times. I like it. The people factor. I like the human flaw and the error as the villain as i say in quotes to be the the human error not the monster the dinosaur should just be dinosaur so no not in this one i don't really want a godzilla dinosaur yeah i mean i i don't think that would ever happen uh we've we've kind of heard you know i think colin said it at one point right that uh we're kind of steering maybe away from the hybrid stuff Mm -hmm. um so i don't really think that's the case um but i mean you know, it would certainly be cool. I, I'm just, I am really into the whole monster, monster, ver- whatever. No, it's not, mon- is it Monsterverse? I think, I think that's what they're, they entitled it. The whole Godzilla and King Kong, like universe that they've created. And this, I believe it's this year. I know it got pushed um, to like later, maybe November or something like that. But uh, Godzilla versus Kong is coming out this year. And I am so pumped for that. Um I loved like I loved Godzilla 2014. I loved Kong S- S- Skull Island. I always get it confused with 
Reign of Kong down in Orlando. Oh, um, yeah. But because that one's called Skull Island Reign of Kong, and the movie right. I think is Kong Skull Island. Um, and then Godzilla last year, uh, Godzilla King of the Monsters. I know it didn't really do all that well in the box office as they had hoped, but I loved that movie. I actually saw it twice. Um, so I really do love big monster movies with like trashing completely like full cities. Um, mm-hmm. But um, I just, I don't really think that has a place in, in Jurassic. Um, but uh, yeah, what was the, oh, oh, I think it was on um, Stephen Ray Morris's podcast. He talked about something like uh, Godzilla, uh, no, not Godzilla, um, the Spinosaurus, like, and the Mosasaurus, and, like, the Spinosaurus, like, comes out of nowhere and kills the Mosasaurus, like, and the, but then it was, like, he's like, well, it kind of, it's treading on, like, kaiju territory, so I thought that was pretty funny, but, um, yeah, I don't think we'll ever get into that realm of uh, monster movie here. No, not for Jurassic. No. But, uh, man, Leighton, really killing it with the first question here. So thank you so much for that. Um, Let's move on here to our first voicemail. This is from Stephen. And we've heard from Stephen before. He actually sent us uh, that fun one last month. The uh, the, Yeah, that fun one. I think he even talks about it. I read the uh, description here. Hello, Brad and Jen. This is Stephen again. Um, As in the... Stephen, who wrote the poem that you all seem to appreciate so much uh, last month, and I was so happy to do it for you. It was a lot of fun writing those stupid rhymes and remembering all those many little details that you have, uh, uh. like inside jokes from stuff you've done <laughs> in previous episodes and all that nonsense. I'm really glad it. you enjoyed it, and it was a lot of fun. Uh, I wanted to go back this month, but I didn't have anything fun like that to do. Um, so I figured, what better way to call uh, the Jurassic Park podcast than to do it from uh, a place we all know and love, Jurassic Park? That's right. I am actually, as we speak, well, as I speak and you listen, at uh, the Jurassic Park in uh, Universal Studios, Orlando. Oh! Uh, Islands of Adventure. Actually, my hand is currently on the hood of the Fort Explorer. Yes, oh, like, right man. now as you speak, oh. I'm touching the Fort Explorer. <laughs> so anyway, um, I just wanted to say thank you for all that you do. And I love Jurassic Park, love Jurassic Park podcast. I find it funny that there's an internet community who is obsessed over a 25-year-old movie. Well, you know, 27 <laughs> or 28. 28? Oh, my gosh. I can't know what is it um I can't, I can't movie, either man but we all obsess over it and that's is wonderful it? no seven okay anyway um yeah love the podcast have fun with this episode mail bags are my favorite and I'll talk to you guys later bye thanks man man I wish I was there I wish I could teleport I know I I uh I do see his pictures every now and then I'm always like oh man I I want to be there all the time as well <laughs> it's the best place yeah really. yeah that's all I don't I don't know if anybody has ever called the show from the parks before. That might be a first. Uh, yeah, I, don't I could so, be wrong, actually. but I don't remember it either. But that took me to a place, and it was a wonderful place. So thank you for taking uh, us there. It was very wonderful. It was very wonderful. And yes, thank you, Stephen, for for last month's poem. That was awesome. I love, <laughs> I love everybody that does that stuff. Like they they call in with like really like personalized things and i you know like i said i'm uh last month that i met up with him down in orlando um for for briefly very briefly um hopefully next time uh it'll be longer but uh it's it's awesome that people like make specialized like personalized things catch up listening to these shows and really know all these details that we tend to like forget so when they bring them up i'm always like oh my god that's that's hilarious i i remember that um it kind of goes in and out of my head so 
Exactly, exactly. I can't believe they listened that much and to remember that much because I don't remember anything really. I forgot five minutes ago. I know. Yeah, but that's the thing. I'm sure, you know, you have things that you watch or listen to and you're like, oh, I remember these specific moments from that thing. But when it comes to your own thing, I feel like you tend to forget it a lot easier. I love that we have that like people remember that then and then make those poems and songs and then we can go back and remember them now. Yeah. Uh, and I, I'm going to, speaking of uh, Orlando, I'm I'm coming back, guys. I'm coming back. Are you this going? Month. I'm going back this month. Yeah. Oh, man, dude. <laughs> Why am I not coming with you? <laughs> I haven't been to Orlando since October. Oh, my I'm gosh. Go. Yeah, I mean, I... I haven't been I haven't been there since October either. So, yeah, been a while, guys. I know. <laughs> Man, what month is this? So you don't. It's not for Christmas. It's for January. No, yeah, it's for uh, it's for you know late January. So yeah, mm-hmm. I'm excited. I'm excited to go back there. Um, I know the Jurassic section is you know continually going under changes and stuff like that. Uh, um, we, we always talk about where the paths are now and, and where like there's dead ends and, and all kinds of weird stuff going on in that section. And, um, I honestly haven't really checked out too much as far as construction recently. So it's going to be a slow moving pace, I think over the course of 2020, um, you know, cause we, we saw those plans for that section and it doesn't seem to be done until 2021. So yeah, it's going to be a while, but I, I expect the Raptor encounter will open up. Uh, well, it's it's already open right now, but the new uh, facilities that they're building, I have a feeling that'll open up a lot sooner. So hopefully sometime this year. That seems to be a long time for a roller coaster. They're moving slow on it, I guess. Yeah, I think they want to pace themselves before the um, opening of uh, Epic Universe, the new, new theme park, the third uh, yeah. f- official theme park. So over the course of the next few years, I think that's not due until like 2023, 24, somewhere in that range. And they that park likes to – or that those parks like to have things steadily open up, you know, year after year, like big things. And this year, um, I think they're honestly relying only on – uh, the um, what do you call it? Uh, Jason Bourne stunt show that's going to oh, be opening up opening in the studios. Too. It's mm-hmm. opening like any day now. I think like it's fairly soon. So it's interesting. It's a Jason Bourne stunt show. It's like is that still relevant? I don't know, but I guess they're doing their research and and hopefully produce the great show. I'm excited to see what it is at least. Um, but I think as far as 2021 is concerned, it's we're looking at Jurassic opening up probably around, you know, from anywhere from like April to uh, the opening of the film, you know, in June. So I think they're saving that for, for the big thing in 2021. I wish Jurassic World had a land in their new park. That is so, so sad. Yeah, it's, it is. It's sad. I'm, I'm really interested to see what they do here with, with the consistency between Jurassic Park and Jurassic World kind of shifting back and forth in that land. Um, but yeah, it's, it is a bummer that it's not coming to that park. It probably won't. I, I don't know. I, I just don't no, think it's going to be coming it. there. Um, you know, there's always rumors of other things and more additions because um, that park, the new park will have expansion pads like in between the lands that are officially like coming. 
Um, but you know, it's going to be more Nintendo probably, and I don't know other stuff, but I don't know if Jurassic's coming there, but at least we have, um, the new park in, in Beijing to look forward to. Um, like we I've, can go there. <laughs> well, hey, we, we can make it happen. We'll, we'll make oh, it happen. We'll, 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 we'll set up a, a nice Jurassic, uh, meetup in, in Beijing, uh, <laughs> and, uh, go to the, the new land. And <laughs> I'm excited for that, at least to see what that's all about too. Um, but I, I forget if that's opening this year or next year. I don't remember. Yeah, I don't know, but that would be amazing to see because they, they, I see that some of that stuff, the different, the other parks and that they do like the parade there, it's in there and there's just a few things and I just wish Orlando would do a little bit more, just anything with Jurassic World really, they don't. Yeah. I mean, I forget what your take is on the fact that they're opening up a, a roller coaster, but I, you know. Oh. My my judgment has has gone back and forth over time. What do, what do you what are you thinking like right now at least? Um. Well, I'm I don't like those kind of roller coasters outside of like Six Flags or something. I they just don't look. I like the themed things. Like I like what they're doing with Harry Potter, and then all of a sudden to go from that and then put this just random roller coaster ruining the waterfront. By the way, which it hurts me. I love the waterfront. I love yes, that view yes. across the lagoon so much, so much to see the Discovery Center over there. And then to just put rip it all out, rip out all the trees, and put in a metal roller coaster that really can be themed minimally, not that much, very little. But when they go from building stuff like Harry Potter stuff, and then King Kong, which is pretty good, and then we get that for Jurassic. And I get that every ride can't be an in-depth theme attraction and all of that, but it's just like, why did Jurassic have to get the roller coaster and not the in-depth ride? That's yeah. just annoying. Uh, well, you know what it comes down to is they, uh, at least for Harry Potter, they have a certain standard that they they have to hit with that property um, in order to create new attractions. Um, with J.K. Rowling and uh, you know the team behind those those books and movies, they have to hit that standard. Otherwise, like they're going to shoot down the attraction. So when it comes to Jurassic, their own property and uh, and other properties that they have, like Fast and Furious, which uh, have you gone on that? Yeah, it's awful. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> so bad. I I don't necessarily view it as harshly as so many do, but it is not a great attraction um, by any means. But, um, you know, like with their own properties, they just unfortunately don't hit the mark. So, you know, I don't think we can ever expect that level of intensity and and, uh, um, high value when it comes to like all the intricacies of uh, anim, anim, uh, animatronics and theming and and you know all that kind of stuff. So it's it's kind of a bummer. Did you get a chance to go on Hagrid? Uh, that I, ride? I didn't get on that yet. No, I didn't get. I hear good things about it, but I haven't gotten on that one. Yeah, yeah. Whenever you do get a chance to go, um, try to get get on that one. You know, get to that park uh, before it opens. Uh, I, I think it, you know if it's opening up at like nine, get there around like eight eight thirty. Um, and just stand in line and wait. So it, it won't take you too long, maybe 45 minutes at the most. When did um, unless, that open? unless you're right up front. Um, that opened this past summer, I believe. Yeah, so, I couldn't ride it. I couldn't ride anything, even in October. 
I oh, true, 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 true. Yeah, yeah. That's right. And then That's I won't right. be able to ride it, and I'm I'm not going back till October of next year. So I'll be able to ride it in October. Yeah, it'll be there. Hopefully, you know, it'll still be working and operating. Seems like the consistency is getting pretty good on that ride. So um, you shouldn't have any problem. But that that one's a blast, and I I hope for that level of you know amazing attraction with the Jurassic one. Um, but from what I'm hearing, it doesn't sound like it'll be as themed, um, but it does sound like it'll be an incredible coaster. So that's a good thing. If you're a fan of roller coasters, it should be a good thing for us. Um, but like you were kind of saying before, I, I do also expect a little bit more theming and, and stuff like that for my Orlando parks. Um, yeah. I know Universal has always been, you know, kind of, Kind of half, not half and half, but like maybe 70, 30 or something like that with roller coasters, you know, and uh, themed attractions. So, you know, something like the Hulk, which is like not really themed at all. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's just like the queue and stuff. I hope it's more than that, you know? Um, yeah, because I mean, I get that you need thrill rides and people like thrill rides. That's totally fine. But you could really do them without just throwing a roller coaster there. You, there's other ways you could do thrill rides, I think. And and I think with Universal and Disney, they should be at a higher standard to get thrill rides in that are not just a roller coaster. Because you can sure. get roller coasters anywhere. You can I know. Anywhere. <laughs> yeah, that's that's kind of my thing as well. Um, over the years, you know, if I'm getting to that those parks, and I'll, I'll, I'll try to, like, plan my, uh, you know, visit to certain attractions strategically. That way I'll, I'll like leave off maybe the coasters until I know I have plenty of time to hit everything that I want to hit. Because I'm thinking to myself, like I have a, one of the biggest roller coaster parks, amusement parks, um, within 30 minutes of me, 40 minutes. So I'll just go there if I want to ride big roller coasters, you know, to Six Flags Great Adventure out here in New Jersey. So that thing has like, you know, I don't know, like 14 roller coasters. Um, I got Cedar Point not too far from Pittsburgh area and then Kennywood's uh, out true. there. And like, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you know, hit up, hit up those parks if you want to, but that's why I'm kind of like uh you know, I'd rather do I'd rather ride ET 14 times in a row than yeah. than have to, you know, ride a coaster. Hagrid is a different story though. That ride is incredible. I would rather I would I, I still I still would pick E.T. because that one's like my favorite one. But like Hagrid is amazing. E.T. though. The smell in E.T. is just everything. <laughs> yeah. I'm 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 hoping to bring my son out there for the first time, uh, you know, this this month. And um, he should be tall enough to ride that attraction, which is crazy to me. So yeah. I, I'm looking forward to that. So hopefully I can get on that one. But uh, Hagrid's probably going to be a no-go for me this time around. Hmm. But yeah, that was uh, there was no question, no question from Stephen there. <laughs> wow, that was just a, wow. He was just in the park, and that's what happened. Yeah, you had to you had to be in the theme park, Stephen, didn't you? Uh, maybe I'll see you next time around. So uh, I'll make sure to hit you up on uh, on Twitter. But let's move on here to our next one. This is an email from Corey, and it says, "Hello, my name is Corey. I'm from Florida. Come on, guys, you know." Mm-hmm. Probably um, <laughs> in right now when he's typing that. <laughs> yeah, probably. I, I'm leaning on the truck right now, typing this <laughs> on my phone. Uh, it says, I'm from Florida, and I've been listening to the podcast for over a year. Um, in a few mailbags, uh, in a few mail, mailbags, you guys talked about main character deaths. 
Uh, I have a cool idea for the death of Dr. Wu. My idea is that he should be killed similar to Nedry from the novel. Uh, he could be trying to escape, like he always does, but he hears a hooting, and a Dilophosaurus comes out of the bushes. He is not worried because he created them, and he knows it's a small one. But suddenly, the Dilo runs away, and behind Wu, a full-grown Dilo appears out of the darkness, killing him in a similar fashion to the novel. Those are my thoughts on how they should off Dr. Wu and bring the Dilo back. What are your thoughts, and how do you think Dr. Wu should die or leave uh, or leave to be seen in another film? Thanks, and keep the podcast coming. Sincerely, Corey. Oh, I don't think we've talked about how exactly how Dr. Wu could die. We talked about all the other characters. But um, I don't know, actually. It's hard to because he's been, you know, it's really hard to think exactly what would be good enough because there's so many different things you could do. But then you don't want to be like, well, they could have done this better. But geez, I don't know. Like, what do you do for him? Because I know he dies in the novel. Dr. Wu dies in the novel a certain way, right? Yeah. I mean, I I like the idea of kind of like what he's talking about and taking elements because that's what they've always done they've always Mm -hmm. taken elements from the novels and changed them up just a little bit um you know to to make like their own version of what we saw back in 1991 with a novel um so i kind of like that and specifically that um what he mentioned uh was the nedry death which Mm -hmm. i don't know if you remember that one but that was really brutal in the books um you know to the point where he's essentially like holding his his guts as they're pouring out um so that's that's pretty brutal um and i do like that idea of of it you know being the dilophosaurus again um but i don't know um yeah it's hard to say because i know the dilophosaurus is a popular um choice recently because they we haven't seen them in a while and i know people are kind of rallying for them so if that's a dinosaur that comes in and gets them i mean that's pretty cool but and i do like that idea i like the idea that there's a small one and then there's a big one and there's multiple so that's cool um yeah i don't know i don't know what else i would do because you don't want you you in my opinion i don't think you want like t-rex coming and getting them because that's that was no, Mills no. thing, and like you don't want something so cliche like that. So that is pretty, yeah. pretty cool thing because that is something people, a dinosaur people, been wanting. So sure, and you know, I comparatively to like what happened to him in the novels, um, he was killed by Velociraptors. So mm-hmm. the only yeah. my only problem is with both of these Velociraptors are kind of. The death is over a little overplayed, I think, at this point with Velociraptors. Um, and as far as as far as the Dilophosaurus is concerned, look, we only got that thing once, right? And we got it in a similar fashion where, you know, you first see it and you're like, oh, hey, hey, cute dinosaur, go fetch a stick, stupid. And then it turns out to be really vicious and scary. So that's essentially what he's describing here is, you know, you see a small one, he's not worried, but then the big one appears. So it is a twist, I think, on that, uh, you know, concept from the first movie. Um, and I, I definitely agree that we should see the big Dilophosaurus. And I know, you know, if, if anybody's out there listening uh, to the, the Jurassic Wire with Aaron, he, we joked about it last episode where he 
he's officially mentioning it in every episode, in every appearance. That way, the powers that be, when they listen to our show, that you know, he's he's setting the ideas in the minds of you know people like Colin and Emily Carmichael when they obviously are listening. Um, so I don't know. I, I um, do you do you think that like some of these these dinosaur deaths are kind of overplayed? I mean, you, I know you mentioned the the T Rex. It's kind of yeah. overdone, right? Yeah, I would say agree with you on the raptors too. Because, I mean, so many people die from raptors anymore. I mean, it's just so common. You want? I think I think the Dilophosaurus is actually a really, really, really good one. And I'm loving it more than we think about it. Because you're right. that How many people have died by a Dilophosaurus? One that we know of. And, I mean, that's th- that people want to see that dinosaur. We know what was probably going to die. Probably 100% chance. And um, (laughs) what better dinosaur to do it? I mean, you're right, because the last raptors we've seen it so many times, the T-Rex is overplayed. The big ones are overplayed. So you got to bring in, like, I don't know, there's a football term for that probably. you got to bring in, like, the one, the the secret one, like the little one, the one that no one's thinking about, and then bring them out and bam and do that and surprise everyone. I think that's great. And I think, you know, a big Dilophosaurus would be a surprise Mm-hmm. Um, so, so that is pretty cool. I do like that. It, like I said, it is a, a different take on what we already know. Um, so that's pretty fun, but yeah, I don't know. I, I've been thinking about the Dilophosaurus recently and how do you, ha- cause I know a lot of people are, are really hoping that this thing is shown in the movie. And I feel like, you know, at this point, I, we don't know, maybe, maybe Colin's final directing, you know, in a Jurassic, maybe he wants to get this thing in there. Um, officially, because you know it was attempted in in the last movie, but it didn't really pan out. Um, but um, maybe he really wants to get this thing in there finally. But I don't know. I I've been like I said, I've been thinking about this dinosaur and how do you how do you do something different than the first movie? Because like that's kind of like a benchmark. You you really like what else do you do with that dinosaur? You know it it's going to be vicious. You know the frill's going to pop out. You know that it's going to spit um you know venomous poison and stuff like that. So I don't know. I I don't know what else how else you a- attack that, but I think the big dinosaur is, is a good is a good way maybe. I don't know. I mean, I think anyone would love to see that just happen on screen again and with the new technologies they have and if they want to build another animatronic for it or whatever, just to see it in a new film and come back. And even if it just does the same thing with the frill and the spitting, the same thing, I think everyone would just love to see that again on in a new movie with new technology on the big screen. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I Everybody's, would. Uh, yeah, I know. I, I know certain people would and you, um, I think I'd be good with it. I'd be fine. But, um, you know, people are people tend to, like, hate repeating situations. So I don't know. It'd be interesting to see if they did do the same thing, um, how it would be, you know, uh, uh, appreciated. Um, and if they did do the, the um, you know, the, the novel death with the raptors attacking, like, from above, I, I don't know. Like, yeah, like raptors, I said, I, I, I think would be, yeah, I, th- I think that would be more so the same thing than a Dilophosaurus would yeah. be at this point. Like, I, I'm fine if they want to do more of like Velociraptor deaths, but like, don't make it a, a big character, just make it the, right. the slash and run, you know, like they did with 
with the uh, ACU, you know, whatever they were in uh, Jurassic World, um, mm-hmm. stuff like that. But um, yeah, I don't know. Um, I'd be interested, and I hope, I really hope this dinosaur gets another shot. Um, mm-hmm. It would be really cool, and and maybe they maybe they will go a touch more brutal, but I don't know. That'll be interesting. Yeah, that would be really exciting, though, if it was just like a second in the trailer or a teaser trailer next year and we'll all be freaking out about it. That'd be fun. Yeah. And do you uh, do you think you I know you said 100 percent chance <laughs> you're you're, you're sticking do. with that? You're sticking with 100 percent chance? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to stick with it. I'm going to stick with 100 percent. He's done. This is his last film. Right. Like it kind of feels like like we were saying about the dinosaur kills like it feels almost a little tired at this point like how many times can you be like well he's back guys <laughs> you know like he escaped narrowly again you know i don't I mean, think they can do it honestly he should have went last movie and mills should have went through i i'm kind of tired of woo and mills yes, was more interesting yes. to me so i would have liked to see him come out because it's you know it's mm-hmm. weird because they're bringing him back franklin zia with the same kind of, I guess, DPG feel and the feel of Fallen Kingdom. But Mills was a huge part of everything that happened in Fallen Kingdom. So I, to have him not come through is very weird. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, if they're... It depends on, I guess, where they're going with the movie. If they're doing like a kind of um, a wild story out in the wild. I don't know how much Mills would really you know, add to that kind of story. He seems to be like a guy that was, you know, all about the money. Like he wanted to get his money and go fund other things and get out of there. Um, I don't know if he would be involved in like, I need to track these guys down again and get them. You know, I don't know if he would do that, but I, I do agree. want to sell more of them. They'd want to catch him and sell them. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's that totally possible. I could definitely see him in kind of like, uh, the lost world role with, um, uh, with Ludlow and kind of like him in in like the um, the tracker attire, you know, or whatever at that point. And uh, yeah, that could be pretty or like the hunter, you know, like the hunters in that movie in the in the jeeps and stuff as they're going on the game trail. Like that would be pretty funny. Um, but or like yeah, he could even not gonna be happen. paying a bunch of people to do all that, and then at the middle of the movie or whatever, you find out he's like been behind them. He doesn't really have to be in the movie a lot, but just kind of be the guy behind them even i don't know i like his presence i like what he brought it was like a fresh take and then going back to woo was just like oh my gosh go away already like we've been through this with you (laughs) yeah you know he was a little cartoony in his villainy but i do agree i think he's been like the best villain that we've had of late um really since ludlow in the lost world um so I think he would have been great to carry on. And I love your idea of like killing off Wu in Fallen Kingdom and bringing Mills forward instead. That would be great um, because, you know, you could have had you could have had Blue do it right then and there in the lab or something like that. Or or he stayed in the lab and the lab exploded. Um, but, you know, instead he's dragged off the side. So, mm-hmm. you know, in, in, in Jurassic World, he's he's saved. He's taken off via helicopter in Fallen Kingdom. We don't really know you know, how he got out per se, but we do know he was dragged out by one of those guys. Um, But yeah, I don't, I agree. I don't think they're going to do it again. Like, I don't think he'll narrowly escape because then he just becomes that like 
cartoon TV villain where it's like, I'll get you next time. Yeah. You that's know, actually Owen. what it felt like. That's what it felt like in Fallen Kingdom by him being dragged off kind of thing. I'm like, oh, well, we're going to try again then. We'll try again on next week's episode. Like, yeah. It's kind of how it is. Like, know? he honestly, in the next movie, he should have, like, an eye patch and he should be aggressively petting, like, a big fluffy white cat sitting <laughs> in, like, a big throne. Like that's honestly how he should how he should be should be presented in the next movie. It's probably just go all out now. instead Since of going. They listen, they listen on the podcast. Yeah, it's basically it's, done. It's happening instead of going ballistic and creating Godzilla. Let's go ballistic and create like the ultimate cartoon villain with <laughs> Doctor Wu. <laughs> um, but I'm down for that. Thank you, uh, thank you, Corey, for that one. Uh, we'll definitely keep the podcast coming, but. Um, Let's see here. Let's move on to the next one. This is uh, from our website contact form. And let's see here. It uh, it comes from Mongolinsis. Sorry if I mispronounced that. But um, this says uh, JP3 deserves love too. Question mm-hmm. about the Spinosaurus. So it says, hey, Brad, I'm a fairly new listener trying to catch up on all your podcast episodes because I don't want to miss anything. But I've already gotten far enough to know that you're one of those Jurassic Park fans who loves the Lost World. I didn't even know that was a thing until <laughs> until recently. You've been labeled. <laughs> I'm one of those guys. So, you know, and I love that, he, that, that it says here, I didn't even know that was a thing until recently. You know, come on. It's a thing. We love the movie. Um, it says, I always assumed the second film was despised to the point that it had no fans at all. All right. Oh what goodness. is this? What is this email? Are you, are you like wow. pranking me here? Come on. It's nice to know that this isn't the case. I like The Lost World too, but personally, I enjoyed JP3 more. And I hope there are others out there who feel this way as well. That's Jen- me. That's me. That's that's, me. I was going to say, that's you. Um, I agree. I'm starting I, I... to feel... Oh, we got a lot more, Jen. Hold on. <laughs> I'm so happy someone agrees. No one ever agrees with me on this. Fair. That's fair. So you guys, we'll have to get you in touch. I'll send you the email and you can contact and just reminisce. <laughs> um, and it says, I'm starting to feel like the only one. Well, you're not. Um, I remember watching the third film a lot more often than the second film when I was younger. I think this is because of two things, the raptors and the spinosaurus. I've I have been a fan of the Raptors since I was tiny, and the Jurassic Park films only made me love them more. The fact that they aren't really Velociraptors doesn't matter. They're awesome. Anyway, the Raptors in Jurassic Park 2 didn't get enough attention, in my opinion, and the movie didn't really expand on what we know of their kind, at least uh, where movie canon is concerned. Sure. Um, JP2 just showed the raptors being raptors, going after and killing people on their turf, which, you know, is fair enough, but I wanted more. I did appreciate the vibrant colors of the males, at least. However, in JP3, we see a whole new side to them, literally. Their eyes make them look more bird-like, rather than the reptile-like ones that we got in the first two movies, and the males even have quills, making them even more bird-like. As a fan of real dinosaurs, as well as fictional ones, I love that little nod to feathered dinos, and still do. I loved the very obvious sexual dimorphism uh, between the male, uh, between the females and the males, which mirrors sexual dimorphism we see in birds today. I loved how they behaved as a group. 
and how fiercely protective they were of their young. I could go on forever, honestly, but I need to get to my question for you, which is about the Spinosaurus. I love the Spino in JP3. Uh, or, sorry, I love the Spino because JP3 was the film that first introduced me to it as a species. I had never heard of it beforehand, and it was cool and bizarre looking but clearly designed to eat fish and not to fight a T-Rex, which he never would have met in real life, but that's a whole other discussion. Anyway, I mentioned sexual dimorphism in birds before, which usually comes in forms of colors. Males tend to have more vibrant colors than the females, something both JP2 and JP3 got right with the raptors. I can't remember which episode it was, but I remember you mentioning the Spinosaurus at some point. I don't know if it was you or someone else uh, you were talking to on the podcast, but I believe the Spino was referred to as a she, which threw me for a second. It had never occurred to me that it might be female. Because of its red coloration and the very territorial behavior, I always assumed the Spino was male. I mean, you saw the raptors in JP2 did to the uh, you saw what the raptors did to those in JP2 um, who didn't listen to Ajay. They weren't female, at least as far as I could tell, and they reacted very aggressively to trespassers on their turf. So, what do you think? Was the spinal male or female? Sorry for making this message so long, but as you can tell, I'm a huge fan of the third film and want to spread a little love for it. I love listening to your podcast; it inspires me. Uh, it inspires thoughts like this and helps to fill the void that is the space between Jurassic movies. Keep up the good work. Hopefully, I'll have some more thoughts for you soon. Take care, V. Um, all right, so maybe we should have just went with V initially. <laughs> that's a bit easier to pronounce. Sorry, um, but that's a that's actually I I you know I know you know I made fun of long emails and stuff, but like that's a that's a really good one. And there's a lot of great information in there and uh, some good questioning going on. What what do you think about any of that? Do you do you have uh, any thoughts? I thought his question was going to be raptor related because he went on about the raptors with really good information and insight on the raptors because I was everything he was saying about them is what I like about those specific raptors. I think once oh, a while back you might have asked me um, I think it was after I saw The Lost World because you asked me how I like the raptors in The Lost World and how they compared to other ones. And I think sure. I said that those were my favorites next to Jurassic Park 3. So he was just discussing my two raptors of choice. And I agree with everything he said on that front for sure. But then it, th- his question wasn't about the raptors. I was ready because I, sure. I was agreeing <laughs> and I was there. And we're yeah. on the same page and we like the same movies. I'm, I'm there. Then he throws the spinal question. And now I'm just like, man, I don't know. I never thought about it. I don't even, I never even thought about it. I guess assumed all dinosaurs were girls just because that was the, what Don Hammond told me. So I believe him. <laughs> but other than that, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's fair. I think when it comes to the dinosaurs in these movies, we just have a tendency to say she or her, you know, because that's what we were told, right? You know, like you said, initially, that's what everybody told us. So, you know, we never really thought that, you know, in future movies, they there could be, you know, male and female dinosaurs. So, um, but yeah, I guess once you once you get past that initial strand, right, then it kind of spreads out from there. And I would assume I, I don't know much about reproduction of, of dinosaurs, but um, I would assume after that initial maybe branch of dinosaurs, then it kind of goes out from there. And then maybe you have the males and females. I don't know. Sounds right to me. Um, but, um, yeah, I think it's just that we have a tendency to say like 
she when it you know when it comes to the dinosaurs. Um, but I, I do like all that stuff about the raptors mm-hmm. because you know it's pointing out that there are different variations um, of these dinosaurs and and they do look a bit different. So that that is pretty cool. Um, and you can specifically notice it like really well in Jurassic Park three with you know the two different species there. Uh, the the females are are the more white gray with the reds and stuff like that and the males are are the other the grayer ones with the quills and stuff so um you know they're very very different two very different looks uh on those raptors um but yeah as far as the spinosaurus is concerned i mean we don't actually i don't believe we have an official confirmation as far as whether it's male or female i i like your thought process i mean i think that i think that definitely works if that's what you want to go with but um, in my eyes, I'm just going to say, you know, it's a female just because, like we were saying before, that's what we were told for the dinosaurs. But um, who knows? Who knows at this point? I, 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 don't, I don't have an answer for that, and I honestly don't think there is an answer for it. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe they're like snails. They can go back and forth. Yeah, who knows? I mean, and I, I don't know. Honestly, I don't know if anybody ever says in the movie, like, I know it's not specifically laid out like, look, guys, this dinosaur is a female. But maybe at some point during the movies, one of them says, like, he's coming after us or something. I don't know. But I wouldn't say, like, that's definitive. Like, that's a definitive answer. Um, so if anybody in the movie does say he or she, I I still wouldn't say that that's a definitive answer. That's just, like, they were just running and said something. Um so, but yeah, I, I love it. And I, I'm sorry, all that thought and uh, uh, processing that you went through there to get to the bottom of it. But I, again, I, uh, as far as I know, which I, I've, I've looked into it before, and uh, as far as I know, there is no official confirmation. Yeah, we'll never know. <sighs> Don't never say never, you know? It's one of like those I said, mysteries. They're Eighth listen- wonder they're of listening. the world. Never Colin, know, Brad. Colin's <laughs> listening, Jen. He's listening right now, and and he's going to answer it in the next film, guys. So keep your eyes peeled because they're going to say it. Like even if there is no Spinosaurus in the movie, they're going to be like, hey, guys, you remember back in Jurassic Park 3? Well, that Spinosaurus was a male. It's, and that's it's it. weird. And then they it's move gonna on. It's going to be strange. Yeah, and then they keep going, and the raptor attacks from, a, from, the, from above or something. So, yeah, but I, I really appreciate that. So thank you for uh, writing in there. Why don't we go ahead and move on to the next one? This is an MP3 from our buddy Tom. Mm. Tom, what's going on, dude? Hi, Brad. Hi, Jen. I hope you are both doing well. Hope you guys had a great Christmas and New Year's. Really, really missing you guys. Can't believe I can now say it was last year that we got to hang out. Uh, Still not over how awesome it was. But there you go. Here today, checking in with the mailbag uh, because I wanted to. So, yeah. I have completely waffled through that intro. That was an Xbox notification noise, and I don't have the time to record this again, so enjoy that, listeners. <laughs> uh, but anyway, thing I'm most excited for in 2020, uh, it's going to sound cringy, and I've just recorded something similar for City Jurassic, right? Uh, but it has to be getting to hang out with more people. I mean, just looking back across this year, well, last year, the memories that we all got to make in Pittsburgh, you know, hanging out at the wedding, uh, doing Dukanesi, I'm so sorry if I mug that up, Jen, uh, Incline with Corey, Caleb, and Samantha. Uh, getting breakfast with you, Brad. Just so much <laughs> awesome stuff. It's really 
breakfast I was awesome. I remember being a special year and showing me how much internet friendships actually mean to me and how much you guys mean a lot to me. Man, this is getting so much cringier than I planned. Guys, I'm just going to start crying on the mailbag. There we go. That's different, <laughs> right? Um, but no, no. I feel like I'm very, very lucky uh, to get to make these memories and to get to hang out with so many different people. I just got to see Bella the other week, which was really, really awesome. So I really want to continue the momentum with hanging out with people and sharing the love for Jurassic Park and Jurassic World throughout 2020. So that is the thing I'm most looking forward to. I am excited not only for all the production stuff and everything that's going to come anyway, but the memories and good times with friends that are going to come alongside that. So I hope that you guys will continue to be along for the ride because I'm really looking forward to what comes next. Wow. That was so So, sweet. Yeah, so sweet there, Tom. But I've never heard it pronounced Duquenezi in my life. What, it's what Duquesne. Is... It's Duquesne, Tom. The Duquesne <laughs> incline. Yeah, I know like what he's talking about, but I, I, I didn't know what it was named. So that's hilarious and way off. Good job, yeah. Tom. I, I've heard all <laughs> kinds, but not Duquesne. That's a new Okay. <laughs> then with the British accents, even better. Yeah, oh wow. I, I um, Speaking of, of, of Pittsburgh, I had somebody mention to me that People from Pittsburgh pronounce Pittsburgh differently. Is that is that true? Pittsburgh. Did I do it wrong? Did I don't know. Do you just say it as it is, Pittsburgh? Yeah, Pittsburgh. Okay. That doesn't sound like what I heard, because at least the uh the the guy I was talking to, my friend, he said pick like Pittsburgh. Oh, I've heard that. Do, do people say that? Pittsburgh. I've I've heard that, yeah. Okay. Yeah, well, I've definitely heard that, but not. I don't. I don't do that. I not many people do, but I have heard it before. Sure. I was gonna. I actually said. I was like, I don't know. I mean, maybe that's accurate, but uh, the people I know have never said that. So, yeah, it's good to learn the dialect from different <laughs> regions around the country <laughs> in the Jurassic Park podcast here. Um, but um, yeah, Tom, I, I like. Uh, I like your thought process about 2020 and uh, getting together with more people. Um, I've been definitely thinking about that a lot recently too. Um, it, it just comes down to like, what are our opportunities this year? Um, we're kind of in a, a potentially, you know, transitional year before we get to Jurassic World three. So what, uh, what does the fandom have that we can do? Um, of course we know Jurassic World live tour is out there. That gives a lot of opportunity for people. Um, you know, it's already come your way. It's still on its way over towards me. It's going to be in Florida for, I think, like about a month before it comes up here. So, um, but yeah, that's certainly a way for people to get together. Um, do you have any other ideas? Me? I'm, I'm still thinking Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. <laughs> I'm trying, trying to think that in my head. Um, well, the first thing that popped in my head was the tour. People can meet up at the tour. But yeah, it already came through our, my way. Both of my ways, both of Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh oh, yeah. and Harrisburg. So it came through both of my my regions. Um, but I guess now, I don't know. Like, what, what do we have? We had the exhibition other years and we had the, those concerts. People met up for the concerts. But, like, I guess the, we, all got to, we all have to go to the park. Like, that's all we have. We all have to go to Orlando and just go to the park yeah. and hang out at the Explorer with everyone else who's calling in. And just go there. We'll all call in from the, and I won't even like officially record. We'll just call the voicemail line. It'll sound like 
very very much like a phone call. <laughs> we could just, we well, can hold a mailbag on the Explorer. I think we could work that out. Maybe I'll contact Universal and say, hey, we have something very important. It's a big it's a big deal, guys. Look, it's the Jurassic Mailbag. You're not getting that anywhere else. Uh, let's do it right here next to all the construction. It won't be a bother whatsoever. <laughs> nope. And not, not we can't accept next to the Explorer. We have to be like on it or I mean, in it. In it would be great for sure. Those are the could only do, ways. Yeah. Yeah, if we could yeah. go in there, that'd be good. But uh, on top is is welcome as yes. well. We um, won't accept like next to. <laughs> no, no. Um, that's the only way people can meet up right now. Yeah, I mean, I think um, I think we need to like come up with our own things. We need to just do meetups, and I know Tom is a big proponent of just gathering at uh, you know the local museum. Uh, so that that's also a good thing. Is you know maybe we could set up meetups at museums around here like um in new york or pittsburgh (laughs) (laughs) or wherever you know um anywhere anywhere out there and and, um you know we have certainly many uh many uh what do you call contributors Uh, i don't know what you guys are called contributors here on the podcast um (laughs) that are from all over the country and certainly would definitely love to um, meet up with a lot of people. So, and I, you know, like you said, the park is a good one to go down to the Orlando or Hollywood parks. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's a tough year, but next year it'll be interesting as well to see what we can do as far as, you know, getting together, because I'm sure, you know, it'll be on full blast again, like it was with Fallen Kingdom. And there were so many opportunities, so many new things to do. Um, but, uh, yeah, honestly, I love, I really love meeting up with everybody. Um, mm-hmm. you know, like, like Steven earlier in the uh, episode, like I, I literally only had like a, a 15 minutes or so to hang out with him. Um, uh, but I also met up with another friend of mine in the park and another friend of mine in the park. Like, so I'm always meeting up with people in Orlando and, um, wherever else I can try, like, like you at your wedding and everybody else that was there. And, you know, when I got to go to New York to meet up with Tall, um, the contributor here on the podcast, uh, for Guess That Dino, uh, that was amazing. Um, I'm sure. I'm sure. Oh, Caleb, when I, when I actually went out to New York to film uh, and uh, record a segment, and then I got to meet up with him another time in New York. So all these times are great. And uh, and w- when I went down to, to Florida with Aaron and uh, Chris and Sam, that was awesome. Like to get to know you know these Jurassic community members and uh, and also people that listen to the show. It's really really something special. And I mean, outside of how fun these movies are and and how much fun we get from interacting online. I think meeting up in person is just way more special than any of those things could be. Yeah, for sure. Because, like, whenever um, Fallen Kingdom premiered on the 22nd um, of June, we went out, me, Josh, went out to California, and we hung out with the Jurassics, which we call ourselves apparently now. And that who was that? Caleb, Corey, Samantha, Dylan, me, and Josh. Yeah, we all hung up that hung out at Universal like that whole time. Yeah. We got an Airbnb together, and we all came from different parts of the country. And it, it's like you you got to do those things. It's just so cool because you can really unite the fandom that way. And it's so much fun because we've done that, and I've met you in Orlando so many times, and you New York times, and. Chris lives in Pittsburgh, like 10, 20 minutes from where I grew up, which is nuts. And like everyone just lives all around. And and I mean, basically, if you're if any of anyone's listening, going to Orlando, there's a good chance that me or Brad are probably be down there. 
it sounds like <laughs> yep. we're always one of us is always down there. Yep, yep. And um yeah, I already have people asking to meet up in in Orlando in a, in a few days. So that's that's awesome. Um but yeah, like last year I I met up with you twice, I believe. Um met up with Chris three times. So that was a a new one. We got to hang out a bunch of times last year. Um, you, you know, Tom was down there, which was insane that Tom came yeah. from all the way across the world. And, 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 and so that's how special Jack. this community. Yeah, Jack, too. Um, it's 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 a special community. Um, and it, it seems like such a tight knit community because it's it is it's honestly a fairly small community, you know, comparatively to something like Star Wars, where you can't I feel like, you know, and I'm in that community as well. I feel like you can't possibly know everybody. But in the Jurassic community, you almost do feel like you you know everybody. For the most part, yeah. For the most part. And then even in the Bryce community, since they I met a bunch of them this year for the not, yeah. for, well, not for the first time, for multiple times. Because again, it's the same thing as Jurassic. You hang out together for different events and premieres and so forth. Everyone kind of goes to those things and you get to know each other. And even with the Bryce community, I had a bunch of people at the wedding with that too. And then to see everyone just meshing together because then they're Jurassic fans as well. And then for them to meet you guys and for like them to combine. And, and that was a group of people I would never imagine to be in the same room together. So when those things happen, it's pretty incredible. Yeah, I know. I know like so many of us come like within inches of like swearing off Twitter, you know, like, oh, we got to get it's just it's just terrible, you know, but the amount of like incredible people that I meet, um, you know, on a week to week basis, almost, it's like, it's, it's really cool. And, you know, we wouldn't be doing this show without, without social media and interacting with, you know, other fans out there, I wouldn't have, you know, met you and, and been a part of the wedding and, uh, you know, met everybody else out there. Like, it's really a worldwide experience, this fandom. And I, I love it. I love it so much. And we, we all talk at all hours of the day. It's crazy. Yeah, it's a family. It's a beautiful family. I love it. I love being part of it as well. The Bryce side and the Jurassic side. And they meld together because they obviously have crossover. So I know I love this. I love the family a lot. Yeah, the Jurassic family. It's a good one. Uh, So thanks, Tom. Thanks for uh, reaching out. And it's good to hear from you again. Uh, Let's go over to our next email here from Kyle. And it says, Dear Brad and Jen, I'm a huge fan of the Jurassic Park franchise, and I love the podcast as well. I've listened to every episode, and I thought I would send a message for the next mailbag episode, seeing as I have never heard anyone really touch on the subject. Ooh, this is going to be interesting. What's it going to be? We've talked about a lot of things. Yeah. Um, It says, The Lost World is my favorite Jurassic Park sequel. Look, there's (sighs) other people. We do exist. This is going to a place already. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Anytime you hear that, you're just like, oh, I'm checked out. I'm, d- I'm, I'm so done. excited. New thing we've never <laughs> talked about and Lost Who World. knows? Who knows? Uh, so Lost World is my favorite Jurassic Park sequel and one of my favorite movies. There are some issues, no doubt, but I can overlook them. The topic I wanted to bring up requires a bit of reading between the lines of the movie's subtext. Interesting. Um, mm-hmm. At the beginning of the movie, we learn that Malcolm has broken his non-disclosure agreement and told the general public about the events of the first movie in an attempt to hold InGen accountable for their actions. InGen responded immediately, discrediting Dr. Malcolm on television, accusing him of being crazy or trying to tell a story. 
uh, or trying to sell a story. Um, as a result, Malcolm lost his teaching position, leaving him at a very low point before the movie even starts. Now, to my question. Uh, let's say you were in Malcolm's position. Why wouldn't you argue that additional witnesses can cor- corroborate your story? Why not throw some names of witnesses to the public? Grant, Sattler, Hammond, etc. They could all back up his story. Did he intentionally leave them out of the scandal so as to not endanger their reputations? Uh, did the other survivors leave him hanging? Uh, we know InGen offered Malcolm money for his injuries to keep him quiet. Did InGen offer to fund Grant's dig in exchange for his silence? Will any of this be uh, relevant when Jurassic World 3 comes out and reunites the big three characters? Uh, will there be any bad blood between them? Uh, will this be glossed over or touched on at all? What are your thoughts? Sorry for the long letter. Keep up the great podcast. Uh, thanks, Kyle. That, that's actually that's actually really good, and I think it is a good jumping off point um, for something that I yeah I don't think we really talk about as far as kind of like what are what's the status of the the big th- I mean we do talk about like where are the big three now what are their mm-hmm. thoughts but. As far as what are their thoughts to each other, that that's pretty that's pretty interesting. Um, and I, I do, do think about that in my free time. You you do? I, so I'm not even kidding. <laughs> I do. I think about how they what they think of each other, and then what they think of Owen and Claire, and like what they think of the whole thing. Now, yes, I do think about that in my free time here and there. Yeah, I mean. We 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 only have a very few like select moments to uh, bring up or talk about um, in regards to like this topic. I think um, you know you have the beginning of the Lost World, obviously, to kind of go off of where a lot of that information comes from, uh, and you do have like that moment in um, in Jurassic Park three, you know, where they say like, "What did you think of Malcolm's book?" You know, I was a little preachy, you know. Um, so there's that moment. So it, it is interesting to know, like, or to think about what did they, what do they think of each other now? Um, at least from the context of Jurassic Park three, I don't necessarily think there's too much animosity or anything like that. I feel like Grant is like, you know, he's, he's he just finds him annoying like he did in the first movie. Right. Mm-hmm. That's kind of the idea that I'm getting from Grant. I don't I don't really feel like like in the uh the email here, I don't really feel like anybody left anybody hanging or brought anybody into the scandal. But I think those are good questions. Um what do you think about like did he leave them out of the scandal? Did he try to pull them in to corroborate him? What do, what do you think about that? Well, I'm no expert when it comes to the Lost World by any means. And I think I know what he's talking about. I think I remember that part. And I think I remember thinking that he just didn't, he was kind of covering for them, I guess. Like he didn't want to involve them. He was just going to take it upon himself and just not bother them with it, I guess. Or or, or just like kind of be the bigger person, I guess, in this scenario and just not try to involve them or damage them in any way that's that's what i thought i think unless i interpreted everything wrong and i could have because i'm no expert on this at all only saw it once oh come on you're an expert um let's see here i'm I'm trying to look up some videos here so we can kind of get an idea um here's here's grant and eric let's see if we can bring this up keep the phone that's an ad so that's cool 
Um, <laughs> Google Fi. What is that? Um, all right, here we go. Oh, nope, that's another ad for Quiet Place Part 2, guys. If you want to go see that movie, go see it. It's pretty, it looks pretty good. Um, here we go. Oh, that's in Spanish. <laughs> so, so I don't know what they're saying, unfortunately. Uh, that's the quote of the day. Oh, gosh. I'm going mean, to tweet that out. Uh, I'm sorry, guys. I just, if I could translate it, I would. Um, no, is that Spanish or, or is that French? That's French. I'm totally tweeting this. That, that, might, that might be French. Um... Uh, let's see here. Uh, Eric, I don't know. I don't, I don't see, I can't see the find a clip of the movie. Um, but let's, um, keep the phone. You oh love. man, here's an ad again. That's, that's exactly what I wanted. <laughs> this, this is, is the odd. best tweet ever. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's see. Uh, this is like some dead ear air here on the podcast, but I don't care. It's fine. Um, man, Jurassic Park 3 is like hard to find videos um, that aren't in French, apparently. Jurassic Park 3. Is that what we're going to look at? All right, here we go. All right. All right. Oh, yeah, here we go. You, can you hear that? Mm-hmm. All right. So let's see. Let's find scene in Jurassic Park 3 with Eric and Grant... Where's where this scene? Okay, here, there. Hopefully it's not in French this time. When the engine cleared out, they left a lot of stuff behind. Whoa, what was that? Any weapons? No. And I just used the last of the gas grenades. And I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Hold on, skipping. Here we go. You read Malcolm's book. Yeah. So. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> It was kind of preachy and, and too much chaos. Everything's chaos. It seemed like the guy was kind of high on himself. He just gives like a sly smile. It's two things that we have in common. So that's that's the extent of that movie. Um, yeah, there's really not too much mention. Let's see here. What's Where's the other movie? Uh, the Lost World. What do we have here? There, I know there's some quotes in here we could dive into. Where would this be? This would be right here. Why do I know these parts? <laughs> I convinced the Washington Post and the Skeptical Inquirer of whatever you want. But I was there. I know what happened, and so do you. Do you actually believe that everyone who chose discretion did so with some nefarious motive? Signature? Okay, so that's that's an interesting thing. Everybody that chose discretion. Let me uh, pull up the subtitles here. That'll be that'll be help, helpful. Back fifteen seconds. You can convince the Washington Post and the Skeptical Inquirer of whatever you want, but I was there. I know what happened, and so do you. Do you actually believe that everyone who chose discretion did so with nefarious motive signature? Did so for nefarious motives, even Lex and Tim. But yeah, he doesn't mention the others. Hmm. He just kind of like overall, like everybody. Do you think they're working under nefarious motives to make you look bad? I guess. 
You signed a non-disclosure agreement before you went to the island that expressly forbade you from discussing anything you saw. You violated that agreement. Yeah, I did, and you lied. You twisted the facts surrounding the deaths of three people, and you stuffed misinformation down the public's throat, which made me look like a nut hasn't been so good for my livelihood. And you made you a generous compensatory offer for your injuries. That was a payoff and an insult, and when you spin reality, when you cover up evidence, uh, it hurts. It ruins more than just my reputation. It hurts. As I recall, as I recall, your university revoked your tenure for your selling wild stories. I didn't sell anything. I never took a cent, and I told the truth. Your version of it? There aren't any versions of the truth, and I'll tell you something. InGen can't keep spewing out. InGen is my responsibility now, Doctor, and I will jealously defend its interests. Your responsibility? What about Mr. Hammond? All right, so, I man, I love that dialogue there. That, like, the back and forth between the two of them, the dialogue is so, like, intellectual, and it, it's so... Oh, it's so like harsh between the two of them. Like Malcolm is so pointed in everything that he's saying and Ludlow is so like relaxed and like kind of like just cocky about everything that he's saying. And he's like speaking, like spouting some intellectual stuff that's just like, you know, he's trying to go over Malcolm's head and just make him look like an idiot. But I think uh, the two of them are like matching each other with wits and it's so good. It's so good. But yeah, there's so much information in there going back and forth. But it doesn't sound like there was too much as far as like him, you know, kind of letting on that there are other people involved or anything like that. And it's definitely just singled out to him. So yeah, I don't know. Um, I really don't think he dragged anybody into it. I think he just kind of did his own thing. Maybe, Maybe after San Diego, maybe then he kind of talked about other survivors and stuff like that. And maybe they came forward. I don't know. Um, I mean, yeah, they definitely did because we see in Jurassic Park three, um, in the beginning of that movie with the, the lecture hall, but yeah, I, I don't know. What what was the actual question? I'm kind of like (laughs) lost at this point (laughs) since I went back and forth there for a while. Um, but, oh yeah. Will any of this be relevant when Jurassic world three comes out and unites the big three? Um, Will there be any bad blood or anything like that? Do you think there will be any bad blood between any of them? Not between those three. I don't don't think so at all. I kind of think they all got each other's back. Even if Alan, even if Grant's a little, like, annoyed by Ian, he always was. So that's, like, nothing new. So I don't know. I I think that it will just be the same old what we expect. I do think they will be angry at owen and claire which excites me and i will like to see how owen and claire think of them but i think as far as the two sides go i think those three will be fine and then those two will be fine i just want to see how they interact with each other but no i don't think there's any problems between them yeah i don't i don't think so either i just think yeah there will be like a bit of annoyance towards all of them um Certainly with Grant and uh, Malcolm, he seems to be in a different place these days, at least from from Fallen Kingdom. He seems like a little sarcastic still, but not as as heavily like witty as he was in these first two movies. I don't know. That's just the sense that I got from him. He, he seems like he toned it down a bit in Fallen Kingdom. Maybe maybe now, now that his role is like a bit bigger, maybe he'll step it up a notch again. It would be nice to kind of see that Malcolm return to like the lost world version of that character um because i love him in that movie i think he's so witty and and so funny and and heroic at the same time like he's he's great in that movie yeah and i do miss that as you played that um conversation as you said it's like an intellectual 
conversation of just like a pointed words. I, I like that kind of interaction too. And I, I miss stuff like that. Yeah. And I think, you know, in Fallen Kingdom, uh, Malcolm certainly had that sensibility to him still. He was still very, uh, you know, uh, very using big words and stuff like that to kind of get his point across um, to make people look a little silly. But I, I think, um, I, I honestly don't think they'll touch upon, you know, the whole silence of the survivors. I don't think they're going to no. go back in time to any of that stuff. I really think they're they're going to move on from any of that. And whatever situation they're in, I, I would like to, to catch up and see how they're interacting together, like what their thoughts are on each other. Um, but, um, yeah, I don't think we're going to go past that too much because you, you got to – you got to do a lot, I think, in this movie. And I, I don't think there's going to be enough time to really dwell on the past uh, as far as little details like this. Yeah, I agree, which is fine. It's fine with me. I, I mean, we we kind of everyone has those three in a place in their mind, and that's probably just where they're going to pick up on anyway. So yeah, maybe I think I think as far as like why he didn't or why he should have. Um, I don't know. I mean, I feel like Grant and Sattler are kind of level-headed, and they would have, back in those days, I think they would have just continued on, done their work. And I do like his idea about, like, InGen, you know, continuing to fund the dig site. And I don't think Grant would sell out, you know, if they're giving him more money and also keep, like, giving him money to stay quiet, plus, you know, that settlement plus money for his dig site, I think he would just stay silent. And I think, you know, Sattler would certainly take his side. Hammond's going to stay quiet, so I don't think he's a liability at all, but um, I think those two at least would be quiet throughout the rest of everything else. And Lex and Tim, I feel like, um, you know, maybe there's some threats from the uncle, you know, like, you guys better not say anything, or, you know, you're cut off from the family or something like that. I could see that being a thing. But, um, yeah, I don't know why he didn't throw him under, a bus, under the bus, but... It doesn't seem like he did, at least. Yeah, I don't think so. That's the impression I got the first time I watched it as well. Yeah, so thank you there, uh, Kyle. There's certainly a lot to kind of decipher between those characters, and, and I'm so interested to see what happens. Like, where they stand now? What what do they all think of each other? Um, what are they doing? Are Grant and Sattler together? Are they still apart? There's so many things. Uh, maybe they're going to throw us for a loop, and maybe maybe Sattler's with ha- uh, with Malcolm now. <laughs> <laughs> I doubt it, but uh, you know it'd be interesting. Um, but yeah, thanks, man. Uh, let's move on here to a voicemail from Bruce. Bruce, what's going on? Hello, my name is Bruce Page, also known as the Savage Random Gamer on YouTube. I was wondering uh, what what is expected for the third Jurassic movie. Oh. And, uh, oh my God, I'm so nervous. I've never done this before. <laughs> um, and I, I, I've, I've honestly, I follow you guys, but I've never listened to your, to your podcast. I will though. I will Wait, though. I'll listen what? to the, the, uh, Wait, Bruce, what are you doing? Go listen right now. Follow and listen. That's, that's, that's the key is to listen to this upcoming episode. I will. Yes, so, please. Um, what do you think of my YouTube channel? I mean, you know, I try my best 
I like your YouTube channel a lot, though. You do a lot of cool stuff. Thank and you. Um, some of the places you go to and do on YouTube and Instagram, I wish I could do, but I can't. So oh. I hope you listen. That I hope I hope you listen. That I hope you uh, mention me. Uh, not that I'm like not that I'm being selfish, but <laughs> yeah, I will. I will do my best to listen to your podcast to your podcast and try to do it more often. Okay, so thank you for listening. Uh, bye. See you, Bruce. Um, hmm. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. I, I do wonder, you know, how many people out there that follow us on social media or YouTube, um, you know, how many of them actually listen. I know I know, we do have, uh, you know, a big listenership and all that, but uh, I always wonder, like, what are the stats between, like, why are you following us on these certain platforms? Every now and then I do reach out, you know, with surveys or – you know, questions on Twitter or wherever else, you know, what, what are you following us for? What kind of content? Um, because I do appreciate the feedback as far as like why people are following us. And it seems like in Bruce's case, you know, it's the YouTube channel and the content that we produce, the places that we're able to go and the, the insight that I think we're able to bring to, you know, events that we're able to attend press, press meets, uh, you know, uh, meetups or whatever it may be. Um, so I, I, uh, I'm glad that, you know, people are checking out the YouTube channel for stuff like that. Um, and yeah, I think our YouTube channel is pretty varied as far as the content that we produce. We we're producing stuff for Jurassic World Evolution, a lot of content for that. Um, you know, Jurassic World Live Tour, we still have a ton of content for that rolling out. Um, of course, every now and then I've kind of relaxed on putting the podcast on YouTube. Um, that, that ends up being a lot of work. Uh, but I do every now and then I do tend to cut out segments and put them on YouTube, not the entire show, but I'll cut out like, for instance, maybe I'll cut out like the mailbag itself without everything else and just put that on YouTube. So I, I do try to make it varied for people and something that like, if you were to tune into like a Jurassic Park TV station, you would get all kinds of content, toys, theme parks, uh, live, live tours, movie stuff, you know, discussions, so I try to do it in that sense where it's like you get whatever you – you can watch whatever kind of content you want as far as Jurassic's concerned. So I try to keep it varied um, and not produce the same kind of stuff. So I appreciate you know Bruce uh, checking it out there. Um, but yeah, check out the podcast. And, and I try to, to tell people on social media uh, – actually somebody on social media today when I – when I was putting out or like pushing out the request, you know, for people to call in and such, um, somebody actually said, are you still doing the podcast? And I was like, yep, still happening. So it's still happening. So just, you know, take a look at what we're doing. Take a look at what we're posting. Follow those links, you know, because a lot of work goes into the behind the scenes. You know, uh, it takes us several hours to record this plus before and after, uh, you know, we, we chat as well. And, uh, also the, all the editing that goes into it, whoever's writing an article on our website or producing a video or making the posts, there's a lot of work that goes into behind the scenes. So if you're following us, let us know why. Um, and if you're listening, let us know why you listen. I think it's good to know. So I appreciate, you know, Bruce reaching out and at least, uh, hopefully giving us a, a shot here on the podcast. Hopefully you like it. I mean, what you do is insane, I have to say, because just it's so cool that you look at it like a Jurassic TV show, I mean, a TV station, 
as in that you could just kind of get a little bit of everything, but all Jurassic themed. I love that. I didn't think of it that way, but that's really awesome. And I can't, I can't even imagine like trying to put out content from one lane of Jurassic. You, you cover the parks and the, the press events and the, the tour and just like everything that happens everywhere all the time. And the toys, you do those toy hunts too. I don't know. You're nuts is all I got to say. You're not. Yeah, I mean, it's very, very uh, tiresome, but uh, I, I do love doing all these things, and um, it's always fun to produce this content. And, and, like, I'm excited about stuff like the live tour, so, you know, that's why I continually put out content for that. And I I still have people, you know, comment on YouTube and say, like, should I buy tickets to this? And I say, yes, absolutely. <laughs> and then I get a follow-up that says, Hey, I just bought my tickets. I hope it's good. And I'm like, uh oh. I hope you, I hope you like it because <laughs> you you bought tickets because if I said I said to go, so um, I really like it. And that's not me saying that because like they invited us down there to to watch it, but like that's literally because I enjoy it and I enjoy all the movies. I have no problem with any of the movies. You know, like I know you you know struggle with the Lost World or Fallen Kingdom, but. You know, you I know, I just let it all go and and I'd have watch, fun. I'd watch those movies over any other movie any day of the week. Fair, so very fair, yeah. It's, it's not just that. Oh, I don't like the Lost World. I mean, if it was between the Lost World and basically any other franchise, I'd probably still pick the Lost World just because it's Jurassic. Yeah. So, in comparison with each other, they kind of fall short. But in comparison with the rest of the world, they're sure. still always my faves. <laughs> yeah, sure. I didn't mean to uh, put you in a box there as far as like maybe not liking things. But yeah, I think, um, you know, we try to produce like fun content. And, and um, yeah, I'm not trying to say this all just because like, hey, guys, look what we do. But like, um, uh, you know, for people that are searching out this content, I, I hope you just realize it's there and, and you know, give it a listen or, or watch. Uh, because a lot of people work hard uh, behind the scenes, not just myself, but everybody. Everybody here, you're giving up, you know, a big portion of your night just to record this. So um, it means a lot that everybody does these things and, and participates and and uh, listens. So I really appreciate it. And, and the people that are in like our Facebook group and stuff like that, it's awesome to have that as an outlet. So, you know, if you want some more insight as to like what we're doing, go check out the Facebook group because I tend to post stuff in there that's a little bit different from other places. Um yeah, I, I really like all our different outlets. Twitter, I, I, I've kind of like relaxed on like how much I'm posting on Twitter uh, as far as the podcast is concerned. But um, Instagram, I'm like, I, I kind of go up, I, I kind of go through like lulls where like sometimes I don't post anything and other times I'm posting all the time. Um, but yeah, it's, it is a tough thing. And, and like you said, like t- it's kind of tough to manage all these different platforms. So that's why I'm like, oh, I'm posting a lot over here every now and then, but then maybe I'm over here. But as far as YouTube's concerned, it's like right now we kind of settled on Monday, Wednesdays, and and Fridays. Um, if we have other content, sure, we'll post it whenever we can. But Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, you can pretty much expect content from us. Um, and certainly with the live shows, like I've been doing the live shows over on YouTube every Wednesday night. Um, and that is that is an awesome outlet. I love doing the live, like the live shows with me on camera. You can watch me talk and make all this up as we go along. I love doing those. But yeah, let's move on here to... Oh, this is our last one. This is our last one, Jen. Last one of 2020, of the beginning of 2020. <laughs> We're done. No, guys, this is the announcement right here. No more no more mailbags for the rest of the year. 
Uh, so this this comes from Ender, our friend Ender, and it says, "Hey, Brad and Jen, Ender again. I'll be leaving for basic training and tech school in the U.S. Air Force come this January. So this will be the last time I'll be able to write to you in several months. In fact, the January mailbag will be the last time I get to listen for some time. Jen, I, I we just joked about this being the I, last. I just predicted the future. <laughs> that's that's kind of odd that this is literally what this mailbag is about. This question. Um, so yeah, this might be the last time that Ender gets to listen listen for some time. As sad as I am about that, I want to make sure I get one last one in it. Uh, let one last one in. So how do you guys feel about fan service in movies? What is a good amount? And what is too much? For example, Jurassic World giving nods and homages to the original. And, or for Brad, Force Awakens mostly being the same as The New Hope. Where do you guys draw the line? Thanks, and I look forward to listening again in eight months. Wow. Wow. Well, Thank you, Ender. Thank- Thanks for your service going out there and doing yes, all that stuff that I don't have the guts to do. Yeah, that's that's uh, that's really brave, and I, I really appreciate everybody who you know takes that chance to go out and and join a, a force like that. That's that's incredible. Um, and you know, you know, we'll be here. You know, come back in eight months, and and we'll be listening. There'll be way too many episodes for you to catch up on. Um, so, and you know, when you're out there, hey, just mention, you know, give a mention. Be like, you know, guys, we got a cool team out here in the Air Force, but guess what? I listen to a podcast that's called the Jurassic Park Podcast. Get it get it flowing throughout the U.S. Air Force. We'll, we'll get some, we'll gain some good listeners in eight months. <laughs> I appreciate that. But yeah, this is, this is going to be fun. I think, um, you know, it'll be interesting to see what you think in eight months' time after all your experiences out there and uh, seeing what what has changed in this eight months. Um, it's kind of interesting to kind of go from, like, listening to something, you know, and I know I know Ender's, like, pretty consistent because I feel like we get uh, conversations and uh, whether it's a voicemail or an email from Ender all the time. So um, mm-hmm. it'll be sad not to get them for the next few months here, but um, it'll be interesting to see, like, from your perspective where – the franchise stands in eight months. You know, what, what do you need to catch up on? Uh, we'll certainly be here. And if you send us a, a voicemail or email in eight months, we'll catch you up. We'll catch up, man. You know, so, so don't worry about that. But, um, I mean, they'll be done filming in eight months. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's, that's very true. And certainly stuff. They're going next month, right? February. Yeah. February. So this will, so eight months, you know, it's going to be, uh, August, right? So, that's uh that's right around when they're going to be wrapping up. So, um, wow. yeah, that's that's interesting. So, I think as far as the production's concerned, there's going to be a lot of little things that you might miss along the way. Um, and certainly, like you know, pay attention to what you're doing. Don't don't worry about these little things. We'll we'll catch you up in the end. But like, um, that's why we're here. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, sometimes we all miss these things. Like, even on a day-to-day basis, there's sometimes there's so much that comes out. Like, it's like, oh, I didn't even realize that was a thing. Um, but, yeah, there's always going to be these little, like, production photos or little teases here and there. So it's going to be interesting to see what has changed um, in eight months. So I, I look forward to you coming back then. But, Jen, what do you think about um, – fan service in film do you think uh do you think it's a good thing do you think it's bad uh do you have a certain level that you're like okay with Um, i i think 
it, as long as it's a general consensus, um, I love fan service. And I, I know that's kind of taboo in the world of anything because I, I know that's touchy, but I, I enjoy it. I, I love it. I love whenever the whole fandom wants something and that like the Dilophosaurus will be fan service. I feel if that's in the movie. Sure. I, yeah. I, I love it. I do. I enjoy it. I love when stuff that we talk about and want and people bring up on the mailbag all the time and then to actually see it on film and that they listen to us. And I'd like to think that the Jurassic fandom in general are pretty level headed folks for the most part. So if we're wanting something it's not ridiculous and so ridiculous that it will take you out of the movie or anything. So I think our fan service, I don't, I can't speak for other franchises because I don't know how they work, but for our movies specifically, I don't think fan service would hurt us. I think it would only help us. So I, I'm kind of, I'm on the board. I'm on the train for that. I'm on board for it. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, I am definitely all for fan service and I'm at, at this point in time, I'm at the point where I want like a lot of fan service. I I'm mm-hmm. I don't even care anymore. You know, like I, yeah. I I really have no problem with it, and I don't see what the issue is uh, all that much. And I know uh, Chris Pugh recently went on like a, a thread on Twitter with all of his thoughts on fan service because it's a big topic right now, and maybe that's why you're you're sending in this email. Um, you know, with with the fact that Star Wars is released and and talking about fan service on their their side of things, um, and uh, I I love the conversation right now, and it is interesting to see like all sides of it. Um, but I think as far as it goes, like I I'm just saying like go for it because I'm a fan and I I want to see these things. What I want to see yes, serve me, serve me, Colin and and Emily and all you people out there creating this movie like. Make something for the fans. Like, I know that's, like you said, it's kind of taboo to kind of want that. Um, And I know, you know, like, I think even in Chris's uh, tweets and and a lot of, I've heard this before, it's not just him, but like, oh, what was it? What was I? I kind of like lost track of what I was even going to say. Oh, let me just look it up. So that way I'll just like kind of quote what he said. Um, um, Let's see, where is it? Chris... Chris likes dinos, guys. Uh, here's his thoughts. Oh, so yeah, this was what I was going to say. He said, the best kind of fan service isn't the kind that gives the fans exactly what they want, but the kind that figures out what fans, uh, why fans like certain things and gives them something new that they never knew they wanted. Um, so, yeah, that's an interesting thing. I am definitely for that, that, like, that quote right there, like, giving fans something they never knew they wanted. Um, I definitely am all on board for that, but I, I am on board for the things that we want as well. Like I, I'm, I'm kind of like, I don't know if it's 50, 50 or not, but I think I'm, I'm all for surprises, but at the same time, coming from our perspective, we think, we think of so many possibilities with everything is that's, that's kind of like our task here at the podcast you know, as you know, like that's what we do. And especially something with the mailbag, it's like people are throwing all these questions about what we think about these things. Um, and I think uh, I think we come up with so many options. Now, certainly I'm not saying like, hey, guys, we're as good as the creators who, who wrote these things. But um, I think it's interesting to look at like what everybody is saying in the community. And at some point, somebody's treading on what they're going to make. So 
I don't know, like make something the fans will appreciate. Um, you know, honestly, with the lost, uh, no, sorry, with Jurassic World, we got that fan service of the visitor center. Mm-hmm. But like that's fan service. I I think that didn't go far enough. You know, like they certainly could have shown you more of the visitor center. Like, pan the camera out a little bit. Actually, show what the visitor center looks like instead of just this like way too overgrown like pile of rubble. Like, show more than that. And and in Fallen Kingdom, I kind of wish they did a little bit more fan service with with the. And we've talked about this so many times about the, like mm-hmm. the destruction of the island. Like. Show the visitor center being engulfed in flames. Mm-hmm. Show us these things because if you're trying to tell us that like the island's gone, show us it's gone. Like, and, and that is that is kind of like progressing the story, but it's also giving us fan service as well. It's kind of saying like, look, you wanted to see these things burn, and we're also going to tell you that we're never coming back because if we're showing you that. That means it's 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 not a viable resource to come back to, um, so I think there's there's good in both those things. Um, but yeah, I, I want I want all the fan service. I want it all, really. Yeah. And I know we've talked about like the shock factor, and I guess that can go with Chris's something we didn't know we wanted surprise factor. But a big part of that shock factor is taking something that we've emotionally attached to and then destroying it or turning it a different way or showing it a different way and what jurassic is as a franchise in general really is memories of what we had when we what we liked as a kid from the movies and what we've grown up as and now with jurassic world play, played nice fan service to that but everything jurassic kind of is in the fandom is our memories that they're playing with so if they really want to like hit spots they could they should have shown that um on fire they should have there's so many things they could do in the way that however the t-rex dies we don't know how that's going to happen but however that happens um that hopefully should like rip our soul out like we we have jurassic built our souls now just we need them to rip it out so we could feel like how how meaningful and impactful those scenes are otherwise it's just like yeah the island burned okay have a nice day we're done there but i want to i want to feel and see and feel like it the pain of it my my memories of it going as well i mean that's what they built up to and you can't just like phone that in sure yeah um you know and he mentioned uh like star wars here um mostly being like this like uh, the force awakens being mostly the same as a new hope uh you know jurassic kind of underwent that as well with with Jurassic World, you know, a lot of people did say that, you know, Jurassic World is similar to Jurassic Park uh, a little bit. Um, but it, it's it's got so many differences there. And even even the fact that um, Fallen Kingdom has been, uh, you know, attributed to ripping from the Lost World, you know, where, where people go to the island and they go with equipment to take dinosaurs back. And they take those dinosaurs back and something bad happens. And which movie did I just describe? You can't really tell because it's the same description. Um, <laughs> of course, the, de- yeah. the, 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 the details there are completely different, right? Like there's so much that I didn't describe in those, that little sentiment. Um, but, you know, on the surface, they do seem like similar movies. But 
Um, I don't know. I don't necessarily know if that's fan service. Pers- I guess it is, but um, I want them to go full full out. Mm-hmm. I want like cameos. I love cameos. Mm-hmm. Like, give me all the cameos. If if everybody we've ever seen from a Jurassic movie showed up in this movie, I would. <laughs> scream if enjoy like yeah. i would love that if if nick yeah. van owen just strolls on and billy brennan just comes out of nowhere like i would love it eric kirby throw them all you know yes. i want anybody that has not died already give them to me or um, have like in the back like a kirby's towel a textile towel and tile and paint tile or whatever yeah. like appear <laughs> somewhere <laughs> Yes, yeah, like have that, have the phone, the cell phone ring in the movie. Like I am all yeah, game for anything. That's going to be a very unpopular statement, but like I am, I'm game for everything. And I, I know like the, like you were saying, the Dilophosaurus might be fan service as well. But like at what point does like fan service, like what's the, what the, what's like the line where Colin is a fan as well, right? Like so how, how does like what he wants to see versus what we want to see? Where's the line between fan service and just like something he created? I don't know, but um, yeah, I don't know. I, I think something with fan service like um, the uh, like Endgame. Uh, did you ever see that? I don't think you're a big Marvel uh, fan, right? No. no. Okay. So without you know, I mean, we're far enough away, but even without spoiling it, like there's so many moments in that movie where they took what you wanted and gave it to you directly. And I've never had a better movie theater experience than seeing Endgame. And that is, you know, coming from somebody who runs a Jurassic Park podcast and sees these new movies. I've still never seen a, like, maybe it's not my, it's not the best movie I've ever seen. It's still, it's one of the top movies I've ever seen Endgame. but the experience in the theater with the fans, the amount of fan service that was happening, they gave us everything that we wanted and they did it so well. Um, the same thing, well, it's sort of the same thing with The Force Awakens. There's a lot of stuff that was kind of left on the table. Uh, not The Force Awakens, sorry, The Rise of Skywalker, the new movie that's in theaters. They gave us a lot of what fans wanted. Um, they certainly m- made a mess for other fans like that really hate what they did. But um, the amount of fan service that's there is pretty great. I am, I almost wish they took it to another level and gave us even more fan service in that movie, which is kind of crazy to say because that's the biggest critique is that it's that movie is just serving the fans because the backlash from the last movie was so bad. Luckily, we don't really have to deal with that, I don't think, with Jurassic World and Fallen Kingdom. There, there's a lot of backlash, but not to the same level as Star Wars. So there's not really a certain thing that like, Oh, we need to fix this because people are going to go crazy if we don't fix it. You know, um, the heel. I, I think the Jurassic fandom in general and Jurassic fans in general can come to a consensus. I don't think there's that much of a split as there would be in the Star Wars um, oh, no. community, where we all kind of want the same general things. And if they provided fan service for basically everything every Jurassic fan wanted. Everyone would be like, there would be no one that loses. I don't think there's a way that you can make anyone really lose because we all kind of want the same things. Yeah. Easy. So many people just want Jurassic Park again, (laughs) like that movie. So it's kind of hard to please them because we'll never really attain that status. Um, But I don't know. It's it's hard to say, like, who would be happy and who would not be happy 
Yeah, like if they gave you everything, like I don't, I don't honestly even know what I want from this movie. So it's kind of hard to say like, what is the fan service that I want from Jurassic World three? Um, and it's hard to even say like what kind of things would subvert my expectations and give me something I never knew I wanted. Um, so I think I think something like the Mandalorian, which you know, uh, I know you didn't watch either, but there's there's a few moments in that show that take something that you know very well from the past, the past movies and TV shows, and they completely like give it a 180 and and it's a completely different look at that thing that you've known forever since 1977. So I love that they did that. And I think that is really crazy because I never expected that. As far as Jurassic's concerned, I don't really know what they could do that would be like, well, I, I didn't ex- I didn't see that coming. I mean, human cloning, sort of, but I feel like people have always talked about human cloning. So it's re- it's like one of those things that like kind of subverted your expectations. Like you almost thought, I never thought they would really go there, but it's always been a, a discussion point on the table, right? Yeah, I mean, it's always, I think even before Fallen Kingdom, that might have been a question on the mailbag at one point, like, because we talk oh, for sure. hybrids all the time. And then I'm sure someone mentioned that at some point and put mushing all kinds of things together. So yeah, I mean, that's been a topic in, on our, on this podcast even. Yeah. I think as far as like subverting your expectations with the next movie, like we've gotten our minds trained into thinking dinosaurs are loose and running wild. And the world is, is in chaos, right? Like, cause a bunch of dinosaurs got out in California, but imagine that's not the case. And maybe they subvert our expectations and all the dinosaurs are captured and they, they've been sent off somewhere. And that's where the movie starts. Like, it's like, Oh, it's like a whole new problem. <laughs> like they just completely destroyed what we thought was going to happen. Now we get to deal with something else. I think that's not, it's an interesting move. I don't know if I would love it or not, but um, you know, maybe it still ends up with dinosaurs in the wild, but from a different perspective. I will. I am looking forward to seeing the, just how the world handles this situation because it's not contained. Supposedly, it's not contained, and so I am really curious to see the different aspects of everything and different maybe parts of the world, even that we see and how people handle it and what's being done and who's handling what and who's in charge of what and the way that they're going about it. I'm I am really interested to see how that all plays out. Yeah. Yeah. And I think like, like I said, I don't really know what kind of fan service you could do in this movie outside of cameos. I feel like, you know, we're so far removed from all that we know um cameos are our best way to go um outside of visiting isla sorna or mentioning you know other islands or something like that or or you know referring back to past stories i hope that's a thing you know i hope they you know we were talking about the big three before um the big three uh characters there like maybe that's one of the things that we get that's fan service is them referring to something that happened in the past that we saw in the first movie or the second or third movie or something. So I don't know, Uh, but I say give it to us. I'm all for it. Yeah, totally. I don't think I can get too much. I honestly don't, especially since it's the last one and all these people are coming back. I just want everything, everything. Yes. Yes. So thank you, Ender. Um, You know, be safe out there. Good luck on everything. And uh, we'll see you again in eight months. Uh, I'm excited for you. Yes, good luck, and check in with us in eight months. 
Yeah, yeah, we'll we'll lay it all out for you. But um, that's it. That's our our uh, our January mailbag. So yeah, this is going to be a good 2020. Do you have like anything that you're particularly looking forward to this year that uh, that's getting you the most excited in this off year? Well, I can't really top Tom's thing. I mean, his <laughs> was like excellent. Um, well, Jurassic wise, I guess I'm, I, my first thought whenever Tom did his long spiel there was I'm kind of excited to figure out maybe, um, if we get any set pictures so I can know what kind of costumes are out there. Cause I know costumes are always a fun thing for me and any hairstyles and just in general, like things like that. Cause you only get to see those once and you know, they're iconic after the movie. And I'm always excited to just get that first look or first idea of a couple of whatever costumes are out there. So that I'm excited for. I'm always excited for that when um new filming comes out. Yeah. So but, so like what's yeah. your game what's your oops, sorry, I just moved the mic. Uh what's your game plan for like the the Jurassic Vault? Like are you gonna be compiling all this content that's coming out and putting it on the site or yeah, I probably should do that, huh? Yeah, I, I think I, I will. <laughs> so I'll have to go back at least because eventually I do want to fill it all in. So, yeah, probably as new things come up, I'll collect them and basically do what I do for BDH Network. As things come up, I archive and put them in their place and organize and post. So I'm an archiver, I guess. An yeah. archiver. Oh, for sure. Doing. Yeah, I'm excited because I'm sure there's going to be a lot of stuff. Um, you know, the like the production's rolling pretty soon. So it's about to get really exciting. And I think, I think the mailbag's going to be interesting. You're, you're going to be going through a lot of changes here soon. So it's going to be an yeah. interesting year, 2020. So I, I, I didn't mean like, you know, you've got a lot of stuff going on, but like Jurassic wise, you know, it could be anything. It could be Camp Cretaceous, the production. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm excited for a whole lot of things this year. Yeah, I guess the number one thing outside of Jurassic is the baby in April. Yeah. yeah. So there's oh, that. Oh, that's going to be great. That's going to be great. Probably and, and... the highest priority of any of it, honestly. <laughs> Jurassic what? You know, when April comes <laughs> around, you're not even going to think about it. I, I hope I hope you have – because I know you are so committed to all of your projects, BDH Network and, and the vault and, and everything else. Like I hope you can uh, – you know the fan community appreciates appreciates what you and Josh do, but you you can step back for a little bit. You you have our permission from the community here. Thanks. I don't know if I'm capable <laughs> of stepping back, as neither are you. I don't think, but I know I it's will hard. Try. <laughs> yeah, I, I had I had one of those kids as well, so it's like, oh wait, I'm still here. So <laughs> you push through. I mean, it's like nothing happens. So. That'd probably be me. It'll probably yeah. it'll probably be he'll be sitting next to me in his little swing as I vault. So, oh yes, I, I actually I've thought about that. I can't wait for that day when he's like chilling right there, just been like, I'm gonna talk too now. Aw, <laughs> aw, they could be friends, you know. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, we talking about meetups, Tom. You know, we're, we're I was thinking about this the other day. We're gonna have to do a meetup with with us and and get the kids. You know acclimated to each other it's gonna be fun they'll be best friends it's the cutest thing they can play with their dinosaur toys and it'll be great look all because of jurassic and and social media and podcasting it's it's changed the world absolutely how fun is that that'll be good it's crazy all right so where can everybody uh find you if they're if they're looking out for you here uh in 2020 um, if you really want to look out for me, you can find me at Jennifer underscore Lynn 89 on Twitter. 
Um, BDH Network. I do all Bryce stuff. Any Bryce need you'll ever need in your life. Any picture you've ever wanted to see. Or any, I can't see video because I don't have my YouTube yet. But anything in the world, picture-wise you would, or news-wise, you would like to see, please follow BDH Network on Twitter and Instagram. And BryceDHoward.com is the website. And I also do the Jurassic Vault, which is JurassicVault.com, archiving all of your Jurassic memories so you don't have to. <laughs> That's like a. Did you just write that tagline? Like, is that like on the website somewhere? <laughs> I think that might be in the Twitter bio. Wait, no, I, our our bio is um, archiving your Jurassic world, your Jurassic memories, one pixel at a time. I, 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 you should change it so you don't have to. I like that. Mm-hmm. That's a good tagline. And you know what? Like, I think, I'm gonna cut that out and just like add that as an advertisement on the show every week. <laughs> I think I might actually <laughs> had that in the description, but the character limit was was. Um, oh, stupid character limits. Uh, well, thank yeah. you, Jen, and I appreciate all that you do, and uh, we'll see you again in uh, in February. In Febru- February. The, the, the famous Feb- February here. February. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. Don't start yet. Don't start. See you then. Next month. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Thank you guys so much for listening to the 215th episode of the Jurassic Park Podcast. Of course, I couldn't do this without Jennifer, so thank you so much for joining me, as always, inside the Jurassic Mailbag. And also to everybody out there who sent in their thoughts, their questions, or comments, whatever it was. Thank you guys so, so much. Um, Wasn't it really cool? We kind of, like, discovered the whole thing about Michael Giacchino uh, kind of returning, it seems like. So... That was pretty interesting, and as I said, we've had no, like, official word as far as I know. Correct me if I'm wrong, but that was really cool to kind of, like, get that on the fly. And, of course, whoever was in that studio, that audience in the, in the theater or wherever it was, and, of course, anybody who's watched that video clip online, uh, which I'll put into the show notes. Um, yeah, of course, all those people probably figured it out, but uh, nobody really passed the buck along to the Jurassic franchise, uh, the Jurassic community. So it's good to know. It's good to finally know. So that's awesome. So, guys, just remember, you can call our voicemail line, 732-825-7763. Email us audio files or your questions to JurassicParkPod at gmail.com. Or you can head to our contact page at JurassicParkPodcast.com to fill out our contact form. And please... This month, do us a huge favor and leave those reviews over on Apple Podcasts. Like I said, it may not help us in the rankings at all, but if people do search out Jurassic Park in iTunes or Apple Podcasts and they see us and they look at those reviews and see that you guys love us or or dislike us, they have an idea of what to expect. So please, guys, go leave us some five-star reviews and I, I will read them on the podcast when I have an opportunity. I usually skip over them for these longer episodes, and I feel like recently all of our episodes have been pretty long. So anyway, thank you guys for leaving your reviews, for writing your reviews, for listening to us, uh, and we hope you guys stick around with us through 2020. Thanks, and I'm going to go kick it over to myself for the outro. Saddle up. Let's get this movable feast underway. Please give us a follow on Twitter, at Jurassic Park Pod. And myself, at Brad Jost. Also on Facebook and Instagram, at Jurassic Park Podcast. Don't forget to join the Jurassic Park Podcast group on Facebook. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, YouTube, our website, or wherever else podcasts are found. So please be sure to subscribe. 
Also, don't miss our toy hunts and reviews, in-depth bonus content, live streams, gameplay, events and theme park coverage, and so much more on our YouTube channel. If you haven't already, please leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. We will read your reviews at the end of every episode, so please be sure to spare no expense. Don't miss us on the web at JurassicParkPodcast.com, where you'll find today's episode show notes, wonderful articles, bios from our contributors, and so much more. If you want to get a hold of us, you can fill out the contact form on our website or email us, JurassicParkPod at gmail.com. We're always looking for new segments, contributors, mailbag submissions, or anybody who just wants to say hello. Feel free to call our voicemail line at any time to leave us a message. That number is 732-825-7763. Thanks for listening, and enjoy. Five minutes. Drop what you're doing and leave now. Oh man, I keep running into my mic. I, I'm I got a new chair for Christmas, so I got a, like a chair that rolls. I was literally, literally, Jen, all this time I've been sitting in a plastic lawn chair. <laughs> no joke, it's been horrible. Oh so no! I, for years, all these years, I've been sitting in a plastic lawn chair in my basement, in my studio. <laughs> in your basement. Now you got a chair. Now I have a rolly chair, but I keep hitting the mic. I got to figure out how this works. Uh. <laughs> At least you have a chair. I don't have a chair yet. Oh, uh, yeah. You're I, you're just sitting on the bed. Um, I have a bed. I had a <laughs> floor before that. So. Look, I've been here since 2015, and I just got a chair. <laughs> oh, no. Okay? So you got a long time ahead of you before oh, you get no. that chair. I wanted shelving too, but that's just pushing it at this oh, point. Oh, <laughs> don't even get me started on shelving. I uh, I don't know when I'm gonna get that. I think about it almost daily, <laughs> and I've never gotten. I, I actually have oh, like no. two shelves. I have two shelves in here, but like I'm talking about like lots of shelves because right now yeah. so many so many of my toys are just sitting in a bin, and that's not where I want them. That's how I feel. I want shelving next to the fireplace so I could just put all like the Funkos up there and picture frames and all. And then the other room, I want a, a wall of shelves. But look, this is sad. This is not the first time we've talked about shelves. <laughs> I just we've... love shelves. <laughs> I, I think really this needs do. to be in the end of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Shelving. Shelves. Hey guys, welcome to the Shelf Podcast. We're here to talk about shelves. I didn't know where else to go with that. What else do you do? That's basically it. That's what would be on the Shelf Podcast would be shelf discussions. I mean, I should look it up to see if there's like another one, another Shelf Podcast. That way we're not infringing on, you know, everybody's hard work out there. Because look, a Shelf Podcaster has to do a lot of work. There's a lot of like trips to IKEA or you know furniture stores. You got to measure, you got to make sure they fit yes. where you want them. A lot of tape yeah. measuring. A lot of like pencil holding and trying to indicate marks on the wall and you know s- screwing in screws and is that I don't know. Then you have to like visualize, together? you have to visualize the shelf. Because mm-hmm. once you put it there, you can't take it away. So oh. you have to visualize it. Yeah. I forgot about that. So my shelves literally just kind of sway. It's not very good. 
I, uh, oh. yeah, I got to figure that out because I'm nervous sitting underneath this shelf. <laughs> you have so, a lot of stuff on your shelves, I think. I do, I know, I and it's very scary. Sometimes dinosaurs fall off my shelf and scare me as I'm podcasting. <laughs> it's very, it's oh, very wow. nerve-wracking. Oh, shelving. One day, one day we'll have it down. Maybe we need to listen to a shelving podcast to get help. You know what? The sh- shelf cast. It's happening. Shelf a good one. podcast. Googling it right now. The shelf. Wait, what? Does it really exist? There's a podcast called The Shelf. Oh, my gosh. Uh, uh, I don't know. It's a film. Oh, it's a film review podcast. So it's essentially what we're doing. Um. Oh, no. No, there is one. It's called The Shelf Addiction Podcast, and their picture is a bookshelf. So it's definitely. But that's got to be like a book podcast, right? Or no? Oh. I don't know. It's shelf addiction. Dedicated to feeding your book nerd, TV junkie, and movie fanatic addictions. So like you put DVDs on a shelf. You put, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. So. Mm. So I'm I'm not seeing too much about wood shelves or anything like that or you know are there other <laughs> kinds some of shelves? There's creative ones. <laughs> shelf care, shelf care is one. <laughs> Instead of self care, it's shelf care. That is very catchy. I like it. On the shelf oh, now. Man. That's a podcast. On the shelf now, oh, guys. This is an advertisement right now for different shelving podcasts shelving is that a word i'm kind of like i'm kind of you know when you've said a word way too many times yes that's where i am with shelf right now (laughs) we did say it a record amount of times see this is the stuff that needs to be on the aftercast yeah it's definitely it's definitely going on the aftercast (laughs) uh this guys this is gonna be you can listen to us talk about shelves who wouldn't want to do that? Unpacking unpacking the digital shelf podcast. <laughs> There's honestly way too like I didn't think I was gonna find off the shelf. Here's another one. Off the shelf. But they're books though, so it's not as exciting as if sure. they were about actual shelves. Yeah, that's honestly I'm just I'm literally looking for a sh- a sh- like a podcast. A, oh wait here. Here, here's an Oh, this is Audio Shelf. It's a weekly book review podcast for lovers of all things lit- literature. Your hosts, Brad and Brittany. So go check out Brad and Brittany. <laughs> That's why I got excited for I saw my name and I'm like, wait, did I already set this up? <laughs> uh, too bad it wasn't Brad and Jen doing a shelf Oh, podcast. man, that, was, that would have been – I would have probably left the room. It would have been done and we didn't even have to do it. Oh, my God. Top shelf. Yeah, that's shelf care. That's that's a catchy one, man. That's that's like. All right, all right, it's happening. I'm starting shelf one up. Involved. Shelf involved. Yeah. Oh my god! Wow. Uh, it's so good. Well, the shelf cast. That's what we're. That's not very catchy, but. But ours won't actually be about books. It'll be about actual shelving. So, yeah, No, maybe that's what we call it. The actual shelf podcast. So <laughs> yeah. people know. Because it not, doesn't exist. Every now and then we'll, we'll talk. Like when, when the holidays roll around, we'll talk about Elf on the Shelf. Oh, my God. 
people will love it. But not actually the elf, just how the shelf affects the elf. Yes. Oh my (laughs) god. The actual shelf. Yes. There's there's so much you could do with the shelf. Oh my god. There there really is. Like you want to put a book there? Put a book there. Other things? Anything there. Yes. Anything, anything can go on in one. Yeah, you got you got to watch out though. You can't put like, you know, a bunch of weights on there. That I wouldn't recommend that. But unless you like sturdy your shelf enough that it could hold that weight. Now you're thinking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what you got to do. Put braces under it. All right, man, it's happening. This is a place I wasn't expecting to end up at. Me either. You know, maybe, maybe, maybe this po- one when one podcast ends, another begins. <laughs> yeah. The the final mailbag of of twenty twenty, <laughs> and we're devoting all of our time to shelves. It's evolving. It's evolution. Wow, tiny it in. Now that is subverting your expectations. So in in Jurassic World three, I expect a lot of shelf talk. <laughs> yes, fan service. <laughs> Colin's listening. And that that's our fan service. Anytime you see all the shelves, it's oh my gosh! You know how in Jurassic World, how like one of the first shots Ooh. in their house is like Gray's shelving with the dinosaurs on them. You know what? Since it's we're like here. Since we're here, I, I do have Jurassic World pulled up, and let's go to that scene. Um, here it is. Let's see. There's a scene with the shelf. Oh, there it is. Oop, right here. Here's a scene with the shelf. Oh, no, that's a little bit. There it is. Oh, my God. Shelf. There's so many dinosaurs. There's cameras. There's robots. There's spaceships. Wow. See, the quality of that shelf stuck with me that I remembered it and just couldn't call it out. It is, like, are there other shelves? Like, this should be a mailbag topic. (laughs) Somebody call in. Ask about the shelves, and we'll be so prepared next time. Oh, my goodness. We can provide visual aids. And it's not even – it's an audio podcast, but we could provide visual aids. That's how prepared we'll be. (laughs) You know what? Next time we're doing a live one, like I do my live streams on Wednesdays. We'll do a live mailbag with visual depictions of all the shelves in Jurassic. It'll be spectacular. We spared no expense. I think that's genius. It's what the people want. (laughs) (sighs) Everybody's going to be like, why is this one so long? Oh, they they talked about. Wait, I thought the podcast was over. It looks like there's another ten minutes left. It's the aftercast. <laughs> Be a theme song for the aftercast. Oh my god, you're right. Uh, I need to reach out to Travis. And say, make us another another one. More ridiculous than the first. <laughs> <laughs> Blues Clues. Is there like a a song? All right, now I'm gonna look up songs about shelves. <laughs> so he when can like he can ever look that up <laughs> right now there's a Jonas Brothers song called Shelf that's gotta be popular right it's the Jonas Brothers so I guess so 
Um, we made USA no ads. For Even for like Jonas Brothers shelf. And always gets the most bang for her buck. USA. Travis. It sounds. I mean, it sounds like it could work. Is there a part where they actually say shelf? <laughs> oh, here it is. <laughs> yeah. There it is. There's our theme yeah. song. Wow. That's it. Jonas Brothers. I never knew we would we would end up here. No. Wow. Hmm. Well, I've I've wasted enough of your time tonight. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Now that song's in my head and I don't even know it. Honestly, I don't really know too many Jonas Brothers songs, but that sounded pretty good. Uh, I will say that, like, that sounded good. That was from 2008. It was written by Kevin Kevin Jonas, Joe Jonas, Nick Jonas, surprisingly. All of them. They all wrote it with help, uh, or the production was helmed by John Fields. So... Just in case anybody was wondering. Everybody was. <laughs> the song was written from the point of view of a teenage boy who got his heart rip or his heart broken by the popular girl in school slash girl next door, and now he can publicly announce it. Who hasn't been through that? That's the most unique story I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> so creative. This whole song is going on the end of the show. You know that, right? Fan service. That song is fancy.
concerned You know me better than I know myself Don't take my heart and play 